and we are live hey concrete hey danny boo what's going on with you happy sunday happy sunday honey it's a day it's a little overcast here honey so yeah a little uh, bit here too i made sunday dinner last night okay look at you getting getting uh, ahead of the game yes honey so it's like a sunday dinner already made it's overcast here so after the stream, I was supposed to go and kick it with family, but honey, you know I don't do rain. I just got my hair done too. Uh -uh. Oh, look at you! Uh, -uh. you on your black woman? You on your black woman stuff? Here you go. Here you, <laughs> <laughs> you know how we get our honey. I don't do rain, honey. Mm -mm. Ain't nobody trying to get their their tresses wet. So I feel you. I feel you. You know how they say sugar melts. So listen, <laughs> I always tell my fiance that I'm like, you know, I'm brown sugar. I melt. <laughs> Yes. Like, yeah, I know. yes. She said it is snowing in NYC. <sighs> oh gosh. I don't, I'm glad I'm not there. Listen, I have family that live in Chicago and in the Midwest and I've been seeing them like post about the snow and how awful it is. Like it snowed really, really bad. Like my cousin was driving home from work. She works nights and literally it took her three hours to get home. I'm like, Ooh, I don't miss that. At all. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Carla said the show do milk. <laughs> oh my you know what? I'm, what I'm not Ow. about to do. <laughs> what I'm not about Ow. to do is stay on here for that. <laughs> hey baby. <laughs> hey, Mr. Carla. You're too much, both of y'all. Uh uh. Yes. Yeah, so um what's been going on? How was your week? You know, um yesterday we um had my stepfather's funeral. Oh, so, so sad. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too much off into that because I'm not trying to be extra emotional, but everything went good. You know, um, it was a good service. Good. You know, um, shout out to my family from the shy that was there. I got a chance to see some family I haven't seen in years. Oh. And so it's always like a party when we hang out or when we see each other. So, um, yeah, I had ran into um one one of my cousins didn't show up, but her father was there, mm -hmm. and um I remember she came down one time, and you know you know we talk a lot of mess, and I'm she, saying she could drink, this that and the thirty. Now y'all know I'm Navy, so mm -hmm. um honey, I drink with the fishes. Oh, you don't play no games, none. Mm -hmm. And so um I didn't think she would be able to hang, and um not only did she hang i think she actually got me and so he was like y'all had my baby toe up <laughs> like she was sick all the way back to the sh back to oh, the wow. yeah honey we had her lit and i was like I, I really didn't think she had it in her but yeah she was an og <laughs> i was okay. like okay, okay so she was hanging yes honey so she was in there but um it was it was a good service so yeah, you know, that was that's about it. But what about you? I've had a really chill week. I feel like I told you guys, I think on Wednesday, like I have so much going on. So I'm kind of like in that limbo stage, which I don't like because I like very structured things. I like to know what's going on. I don't like like all these um, unexpected happenings. And right now we're having like renovations done, which is halting some other projects, which, you know, and so like, 
you know, they're, they already started on the renovation. So I kind of feel like I'm in limbo, but um, aside from that going on, like it's been a like real, just chill, low key week, which is what I needed. So I ain't mad at it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad it was low key and chill. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to John Doe for the super chat. He says, hey, Danielle. Hey, Concrete. Thank you, John. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yes. Um, So, you know me and social media, honey. Mm -hmm. I have been kind of messing around on social media. What do you think about all the stuff going on with T.I.? Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, uh, it's a lot. Um, I've been having conversations regarding all of the happenings, all the, well, all the allegations and um, everything that came out as a result of, oh, Sabrina uh, with uh, Glam University, I think she's with, but um, it's a lot. I, I will say this. I've had conversations like we were uh, on Clubhouse in a room and one of the young ladies is um, friends with Tiny and she came in and she was giving her two cent on two cents on it. And there's like, you know, people are typically on one side of the coin or the other. My personal um, opinion is this. Um, I, I can't judge what goes on in someone's bedroom. I think that, you know, it is as long as the person was of age and everything was consensual, then, you know, who am I to judge what happens in someone's bedroom? Um, you know, when it comes to people being underage and, you know, if someone is alleging that they were give, they were forced to take drugs or they didn't know they were taking drugs or something like that, then I, it's more concerning to me. But this seems like just kind of what goes on in their bedroom being leaked out into the public. What are your thoughts? Um, okay. So I, I understand with the consensual part, um, the thing that, um, doesn't make it consensual is if you were feeding these minors drugs and alcohol, although the age of consent might be 16 in Georgia, I don't even know. So don't quote me right. on that. Might be. I need to look mm -hmm. that up. Just, I, I think you, something like that, but I, I don't know for sure either. Yeah. So if you're, um, if, if these, Young adults are at the age of consent, fine, no problem, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But if you're giving them drugs and alcohol, that's what makes um, things illegal. And I think yeah. that's the, the bigger issue. So, yeah. And it um, does impact someone's judgment, too. So that is a good point. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I think we, we've come into a culture where everybody does a lot of things for clout. And so everybody just wants to be seen and heard and, um, you know, it's just whatever. So, um, people will do anything for clout and anything to be seen. And so that's the part mm -hmm. where, um, when you, and, and when we automatic, when people say that somebody has sexually assaulted them or they have those kind of charges kind of looming or people making yeah. those assertions toward them, it automatically puts something in the back of your head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and that's, that's true. what I get more, um, more so worried about. Cause I'm like, 
Yikes. They're calling Tip uh, the new R. Kelly. I've heard them you calling me what? a Tip sign. I was like, oh my gosh. You know I what? Know. I, you know what I suggest? Because I have a lot more thoughts on this. And, you know, I don't want to take up too much of the time because our special guest has arrived, one of them. Yes. But, um, hey. We need to do a chit chat on this topic. We might have yeah, to get I together. Think and do be, I think that would be good. I think that would be yeah, real we'll good. We'll talk about doing something like that. But welcome to the show, Coach R. Anthony. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you guys hear me? Pretty no good? problem. Yeah, um, we can hear you. Can you hear Danny? His volume is a little low. Okay. Is that better? Am I getting better? You're getting better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that better? Yes, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right, thank you. Thank you guys for having How are you? No problem. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing? I'm doing Fantastic. great. Um, you know, considering the day, it's, it's a good day for me. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Well, what what I'd like to do, if you don't mind, Danny, is um oh, wait I a minute. um Curlin sure. said that they can't hear you. He said you need a little bit more volume. Oh, okay. He was talking about me or yes. Okay. Um I got it pretty. How's loud. that, Curlin? We'll see what he says. Yeah. I mean, I can hear him, but I don't I don't know if um the chat can. If someone can let us know in the chat if you guys can hear Coach R. Is that better? Yes. That's how okay. yeah, you sound louder. Really good now. Okay, okay. All right, cool. Okay. I think that works. Um, fingers crossed. But I wanted to give you an opportunity. Um, he says you sound muffled, so but maybe that was in response to before you turned up your volume. Carlin, if you'll let us know how it sounds since he since the most recent increase in his volume. He said that's better. Good, good, good. Thank you, Carlin. We appreciate you. But um, I am kind of familiar who you are. I, I met you or was introduced to you um, via Clubhouse, and I've been engaged in some dialogue that I heard you engaged in, and I've um, kind of been able to be a um, guest in some of the spaces that you've uh, hosted on Clubhouse. And I did my homework, so I, I know who you are, but um, I don't know if most of the people in the space know who you are. So if you want to start us off by just telling us who you are and what you do, and so the people can kind of familiarize themselves with you. Okay. Okay. Thank you uh, again for having me. My name is Coach R. Anthony. Um, my wife and I, we are dating and relationships and life coaches. Uh, we help singles and couples develop clear uh, plans to create the life that they want and the relationship that they want. So um, my wife and I, we have been married sir, since 2014. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. It's been an amazing, amazing six years. Uh, Did you say amazing? Oh man! Oh man! You have no clue. It is. Amazing. I love it. I love it. What? It gets better. I don't think I've ever heard a man speak like that about marriage. <laughs> I know. It's the best. It's, it's like literally the best thing that I, that's ever happened to, that I've ever done. To be perfectly honest, once you know how to do it, and that's what my wife and I teach, uh, we help again singles and couples uh, develop the most amazing relationships possible. 
Outstanding. Outstanding. How awesome is that? Yes, that is really, really wonderful to hear. I, you know, because like I said, it's so many um, bad, like people have such bad views of marriage nowadays. And when you finally um, hear a man speak so highly of it, did she do voodoo on you? What what's going <laughs> oh, on? Oh no. <laughs> no, not at all. Listen, I mean, you know, we shoot no straight, sock. Coach R. So like yeah, no sock buried no in the backyard and no chicken bones nowhere. Um, no. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, it, it's just when when you're clear on how it works, you don't try to put more on it or take less out of it than than necessary. You know, once you understand the basis of, of marriage and and I always say that a relationship is just simply how two people relate. And so just keeping it simple and and understanding that is really what you put in it, that you get out of it. I love to see it. I I wanted to welcome your wife. I see she's in the chat too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, Mm -hmm. thank you for joining us. I see you. You're listening and chiming in in the chat. Coach Elulu, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. I wanted to say, well, I have to say, Coach R, I know that you're used to being in a space where you're doing the hosting and um, you don't, You, I can see that you're kind of modest, like you don't toot your own horn, but I'm going to also add a few things to the list as it relates to your bio. Um, you, I know you're also an author. You um, also have a podcast, Relationships and Chill. You guys go over there and check it out and make sure you sub. And also he has some like wonderful things going on as it relates to um, his uh, website. And he has like an academy and um, it's specifically for women. It's Wifed Up Academy. He has some courses and trainings on there, as well as some uh, several different guides that help you along the way and help you navigate through these relationships and help you even prior to um, entering into a relationship. So he has some very, very um, helpful um, things on his website. So I would implore you guys to check it out. I will see, I'll I'll actually uh, grab the link to your website and put it in the chat so that you guys can go ahead and go over there and check it out. Okay. And I'm going to read these super chats real quick. Okay. Shout out to Jessica X for the super sticker. Thank you so much, Jessica. Shout out to you. And shout out to Jack Spade. He says, tip and tiny in a in the tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First oh came gosh. love, then came marriage. Now the third chick is bringing that damage. <laughs> really, Jack Spade? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Thank you guys for the super chats. We appreciate you. Um, we have some questions for you as it relates to dating and mating. I did kind of fill you in a little bit about the space that we're in, which is the Black Manosphere, aka the Negro Manosphere. Um, the, um, uh, the what This is like a, a, a male-dominated space. It's kind of what the men refer to as like a virtual barbershop. So as a result, we get to partake in and um, hear a lot of like the thoughts from the men in in this specific space and um, a lot of their beliefs as it relates to Black women primarily um, and a lot of their 
prejudices. So we wanted to kind of talk about some of those things and actually kind of open up and, and, and explore some of those things a bit deeper. Uh, but before we do that, I do see that Paco, aka Dr. Black, which is our other guest, has also joined us. So we want to give him an uh, opportunity to introduce himself as well. Hey, Paco, how are you? Good, hey, good afternoon, good afternoon. Mike, check, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Yes, we can. Outstanding. Ladies, thank you for inviting me in once again. I really appreciate the opportunity to have conversation with intelligent, strong Black women and their audience. Well, we're grateful that you were able to join us today. Absolutely. If you could, um, please introduce yourself for those who may not know you and um, let us know what you got going on. All right. Well, my name is uh, Paco. I, Dr. Black's my stage name. So like if I'm doing poetry or I'm DJing or if you don't mind in this event, I will, I will be using Dr. Black. But, you know, my friends know me as Paco. I, uh, uh, I'm an immigrant from South America, <clears throat> spent most of my time in all of my education in the United States, went to the military for eight years, graduated college in 2013 um, with a degree in aviation management. I work overseas currently, and about a decade ago, I started questioning what about relationships is going to work. And what I realized is that we were taught a lot of ideas from the past, from previous generations that are obsolete. So I started working on, in the last two years, I started working on a book that is going to address current relationships to, you know, expose some of the obsolete ideas and to discuss some new ideas that should help the new generation because for me what has changed significantly that's very important for everyone to understand is that women's rights and women's access to their own income to make their own decisions has changed how we date and it should change how we date and and we as men need to respect that and women need to understand their power because an asset has to know its value everyone should know their value and a lot of people undervalue themselves, but especially women who were raised by women who didn't have the same problem power that they have today. The women today need to understand their power, not to bully or not to intimidate, but an asset must know its value. And you should not be undervalued by anyone. And it often starts by undervaluing yourself. And so I'm hoping that uh, I'm still in the research phase phase, excuse me, I'm reading a lot of uh, relationship books. A lot of relationship books are written by doctors and career, uh, and relationship counselors. And so I want to do my due diligence in researching relationships before I expose my ideas so that it can be in line with you know, the genre and so that the audience can appreciate it. And it won't just be some random guy talking about some random things. Paco, that sounds extremely intriguing. And I, I absolutely love the fact that you're doing a, a nice amount of research before going in and actually um, putting together um, your literary work. So I think that, you know, that is part of what will help to make your book awesome. And we can't wait until um, it's actually, once you've actually completed it, we definitely want to have you back so uh, we can support but um, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I think that we'll go ahead and get started right away with just um, some of the questions that we have. 
starting with the very first one, which is kind of an obvious one um, because of the space, if you know the space, would be um, how does marriage benefit men? If, if Coach R, if you want to take that one first, and then Paco, if you guys can kind of give us an idea as to how marriage benefits men. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the question. Um, I guess it really just depends on how you view it. But for me, how it benefits me is the ability to have a partner to bounce ideas off of uh, is one of the main things. And someone who who you who you've developed, because uh, when like, for instance, like when I was single, it was it was it, when I was single, <laughs> I, I dated a lot. I had a lot of opportunities. Uh, but, but one of the main things is that the that's that's the problem is that it's limitless right there's so many opportunities and everything looks so much better it's like if you had a job and then you know another job comes and another job comes, you'll be hopping from job to job to job to job and it is really difficult to create a financial base it's really difficult to to create some kind of momentum and and, and um so th that's kind of the idea but when you're married it's almost like a bank account that keeps on growing. And the more you invest into your relationship, the more you invest into your wife, the, the returns are like, I don't even know how to start, but it, it, the stability that comes with having a wife that, that you are secure in and that you know is there for you and vice versa. It, there's no, there's no comparison because everything who you are is, is you can find that when you come home. You can find that in your wife. You can she has a track record of who you are and is able to bounce ideas off of you that are very specific to you, not generalized, not theorized, but specific to you, specific to where you guys are going. And not only that, she has all the details of who you are as an individual. I always say that, you know, who who better who better understands you than the person that you spend every day with? And so, you know, like, as long as I'm open, long as I'm open to my wife and I'm expressive to my wife and we're communicating with each other, um, she has a better idea of who I am because as humans, we're creatures of habits, which means we have patterns, we have cycles, we have different things that we go through. And if you have somebody there that's outside of you that has a different view of who you are and what you're going through, they can give you a perspective that allows you to kind of see the cycles that you yourself are going through. Now, now, if you're just dating someone, they don't have that same, they don't have the same opportunity to see all of the nuances of who you are, not as much as, as, as a person who you you're living with and being with every day. But as you go through the process of, of growing with one another, they become, you become better equipped to help each other out in, in developing as an individual. So the, the scripture says that two are better than one and threefold cord is not easily broken. So it, you become stronger, the more you have strength backing you up. And that's what a, a good wife provides for a man. And Paco, what about? You. Yeah, I, I think that was an excellent answer. Very well said. Right. Um, Paco, what are your thoughts? So I would like to agree with almost everything uh, Coach R said because it's very intelligent uh, uh, and it's in the sound. What I would add to that is so I'm, I don't use the religious background. I've had the privilege of, of, of traveling the world and, and studying many religions. And I find that, you know, good people uh, do good things no matter what their world philosophy is. And so for me, I thought to myself, well, if we're not going to use the, the traditional religion 
as a foundation. What other, what else do humans know uh, significantly in large numbers? What else can we agree on? Are we already agreeing on? And so in my book, I introduced the idea that that we should make our romantic relationships based on the same principles that we use in business because almost everyone has a job. Almost everyone has a job. And even people who don't necessarily have jobs, they have business relationships. And so business principles are common to, to all humans. They might be tweaked, but so are, you know, religious views are tweaked. So, so a common thing that we all are familiar with are business principles. Even if we're not the employee, we may be the employer. And so if we take something that we're familiar with that we already know works, how can we overlay that onto something that we're, we're, we're struggling with? And so if romantic relationships are, are something that we're struggling with as humans, you know, 150, 200 years ago, your parents used to pick your partner. And now in, in today's day and age, men pick their, their own wife, independent of your, your parents, and women are allowed to pick their own husband. So, so two individuals choose to make a union. And that's significantly different, more complicated, more risky than it was when your parents were doing it for you. Well, that's similar to uh, Coach R mentioned this, having a job. To me, I'm looking at having a job as a positive. So you're going to go out there, you're going to choose your profession. No one tells you, well, in general, I mean, some people might suggest, your parents may suggest, but in, in, gen in the end of the day, you choose your, your, your profession. You're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a firefighter, an astronaut, whatever. Then you're going to follow that up with the requisite education and qualifications to gain that position. And then you're going to put years of experience in there. Well, I think we should use that basic foundation for dating. When I introduced this idea to my parents, they said, well, listen, you can't have a romantic relationship that's the same as your business relationship. And I, and I challenged that. And so that's really the point of my book to say you can have the same principles, even if you don't have the same attitudes all the time. But what if we use some of the really good things from business that we use at home? What made me think about this is when I was in the military, I only dated women who were also in the military or who had a, a career. To me, initially, that just in my core values was to, to, to spend my time or to give people time who have similar values that I had, and there were professional women. Okay, so if I start with a professional woman, I was looking and I said, well, these professional women are great at their job. They go to work, they're, they're, you know, they're top in their company and they do great things for their leadership, but then they come home and they're totally different. And I said, well, what if you could be the same? What if you could be use some of those same professional skills at home that you use at work? What if you don't uh, forget to do things because you don't write them down, but you write them down? What if you organize your home life the same way you organize your work life? What if you don't argue with your partner the same way you don't argue with your boss when, when you don't agree with him? What if you have this mm. respect between each other that says, hey, I disagree with you in a professional way, in a respectful way? Because really professional is really just respect, right? We have these HR rules. We have these rules of conduct, the rules of dress as a respect thing. It's not to tell people what they can't do as much as it is for us to have clear boundaries and then for us to follow them. So what if we do that at home? Can we not utilize those positive things at home that we do at work? And I, and I think we can, and I'm encouraging people to think about it, to set up your whole experience. If you want to be married, you go about it the same way as if you want to be a doctor. You start with your basic foundation. What does it mean to be a partner? And that's what you get from your family. Then you build on that to your 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 
undergrad and you're going to go out there and just like you are when you're in undergrad, you go out there and you date and you get to understand wh what it is, yourself first and then the others. And then you graduate to the next level until you finally get that 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 partner that you can commit to. And then you commit to them just like you commit to your profession. And so I think that it's possible, to, not only possible to do, but it's something that people are familiar with and it, and it can help us all to be on the same page. Because like Coach R said, it's about communication all the time, every time. It's all about communication. So why not let's start with a language that we're all familiar with? Because if we're communicating in different languages, we're going to give ourselves a higher risk of misunderstanding. And I think one language that we all understand, especially in the Western cultures, is business. And not I only do we understand that. business, but we understand the goal of succeeding. Coach R said, I want a partner who is going to get me somewhere. I think we all do. But I think romanticism, a phrase, uh, one uh, person who I was researching, he spoke about romanticism. Romanticism is the, is the Victorian writing that lets us think that it's all about falling in love and being in this, in this emotional euphoria. Well, business is not like that, but which one is more successful? What if we tried to be at work the way we are in our romance? We, would, we wouldn't be successful at work. So, so why not tweak our romance to what works at work? And, and, and let's not say that love or, or euphoria is the primary goal. Let's say that the primary goal is a partner that helps us to achieve goals, a partner who helps us to have that home, who helps us to have that financial stability, who helps us to have a healthy environment for ourselves and for our children. Even if you don't have children, yourself, a partner who helps you find a healthy environment for yourself, mm. like you have at work, who doesn't cross those lines like you don't cross at work, that should be more important or that is a more attainable goal than saying, I'm going to marry the person who makes me feel butterflies all the time. You know, mm. an example I use quickly. What if you let's all think about this. What if you had your favorite dish? Can everyone think of your favorite dish, the favorite thing you love to eat for dinner or just you love to eat, be it ice cream, be it filet mignon, be it anything, uh, your favorite dish. Mm -hmm. Let's just say for this example, your favorite dish is. Uh, steam crabs the long uh fro uh the uh the, the, the arctic crabs okay now you have that dish you go out to eat and you have crabs what if the flavor of that crab stayed on your tongue for 45 days straight that everything you ate after eating crab was always taste like crab would you really like crab so much uh but definitely not <laughs> But but that's what we expect from our, our romance. We want to be in love and feel the 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 the, the euphoria of love in, 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 in into infinitum. Is that practical? Love is supposed to, like every other emotion, be like the tide. It's supposed to come in and go out. What makes it good is that we don't feel it forever. But think about mm. this, all of us, if we're honest, the shows and the and the books and the movies all make us think romanticism makes us think that love has to be held on to and never let go. And that's the only important thing. But if we did obtain that, would that make us happy? I don't think that would make us happy. You love know, and happiness. I, I don't think that would make us happy if we were always happy. It's kind of like a uh, Batman Joker, right? You've seen Joker. He, he makes a serum that makes you laugh forever until you die. That's what we're setting ourselves up to mm. for if we think in the way romanticism has written the, the, the concept. What we should be working on is something foundational that won't make us sick, something that won't make us, 
euphoric forever, something that'll help us to manage reality. And a good partner does that in the same way a good partner does it at work. You know, Paco, um, I absolutely love the analogies that you've given. And it does kind of help you to um, help hammer home your point and also help us to visualize, you know, what you're uh, what you're articulating. So um, thank you. Thank you. That was just the fact of looking at it like a business relationship or how like when you're going to. Um, you know, how you your relationship with your employer. I think that that is a phenomenal idea and I love it. Uh, we got a super chat from Sick Lid, a super sticker from Sick Lid. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. And Danny, what is your question for the fellas? Um, Paco, I noticed you were talking about um, people having this expectation of love for it to be um, all rainbows, butterflies and sparklies and stuff. I wanted to know, do you guys think that black women have an unrealistic, oh, excuse me, <coughs> who would have run it and gotten me? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do y'all think that black women have an unrealistic expectation as it pertains to mating and dating? Mr. Coach R, do you want to go first or should I go first? Yeah. You can go first. You can go first, Paco. All right, coach uh, and ladies, a great question. So I think <clears throat> it's one of my phrases, reasonable expectations are, are what matter. So we do this in business very well. If you're an entry level employee, nobody expects you to be the CEO or to operate as a CEO or to behave as a CEO or to do the job of the CEO. If you're in the mail room or if you're the first day on a job, a brand new, fresh out of college uh, HR person, you're not a technician and people understand reasonable expectations in business. But yet when we get to romance, all of a sudden we have people who just look at someone and say, I like you today. And so you have to be my everything. And so I don't think it's black women. I, I, I shudder to the thought. I, I am really strongly against stereotyping. So I know we're talking about sisters and brothers here today, but excuse me if I avoid all stereotypes. I don't think black women inherently have unreasonable expectations, but there are unreasonable expectations in the black community like there are in every community for dating. It is, rom I blame romanticism and, and what our parents did to get into their relationships and what our grandparents did, all those things. Uh, I don't blame them as far as that they're wrong, they're obsolete. We can't go into a relationship and say, because someone gave us an orgasm, and I'm gonna be honest, right? Because someone gave us an orgasm, that they're the one that we need to marry or they're the one that we need to date even. Now, it's not fair to women because women in general have been reported to be, they, they get attached a little bit more quickly. Men are, are able to detach after sex better than women are. Not, not all men or all women, but in general. So women have to understand that no matter how good a person's sex is, that does not a, a husband make. And so if we could start with just that, you can't marry a person based on how good their sex is, we would help women to stop supporting and tolerating people that, that they let into their life in these bad relationships. He gave you an orgasm. He gave you the best orgasm in your life. And it's not even all that impressive because you've only been with three guys. So why did you think he's the husband material off of that? Women need to hear that. That is that is something we got to say every time we speak. Good sex is not a husband make. Men have to hear it also. There are men who also, we've heard of the stories, go to the strip club or 
or, or get into these short-term relationships with really beautiful women and try to marry them and it doesn't work. And it's a principle of life. A person who is an entry-level person cannot also be, a, there's no such thing as an entry-level CEO. And so my opinion, and, and, I, and it's based on reality and things that we've all seen and know, the, the, the way we got into relationships uh, 50 years ago, 100 years ago is obsolete, the majority of it. And we got to start with this thing. You have the freedom to have sex with someone. You have the freedom to choose your mate, right? Mating, sex. You have the freedom to do that. You have to also respect yourself enough to know that good sex doesn't make for a great relationship. And it's your responsibility to peel back the layers of that onion and find a good partner not someone who just gives you good sex. And so if women mm. come into relationships saying, I don't want a high body count, so I'm going to try to marry the guy who gives me the best sex in the first five guys, you're, you're inevitably going to fail. If, if, if your concern, lastly, is to have a low body count, then you have to learn how to date without sex because sex will not give you the right answer. Sex will not let you know if he's the person who you can trust with your future. It's not a it's not a appropriate testing mechanism. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. I think that that is a great point, Paco, and and it's a great place to start. Um, Coach R. Anthony, what is your response to um, Sister George's question regarding Black women? Um, do you think Black women have unrealistic uh, expectations as it relates to dating and mating? Okay, thank you for that question. Um, and and speaking of husband material, definitely check out the husband material guide on wifedupacademy.com. I don't think I think you know, as humans, we are uh we, we're always wanting, we're always desiring something. It's, it's not necessarily um a situational problem based on like time time differences. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, because one thing that never changes is human nature. Um, we, we always desire something. And for the most part, it's unrealistic because it's not real to us at this moment. If it was if it was real, then it wouldn't be unrealistic, so to speak. So, um, you know, like before, as uh, Paco was saying, Dr. Dr. Black was saying, you know, um, when before when uh, the parents were choosing choosing the other person's uh, spouse, um, what was happening was they had, even though it, even though that was done, it was, there was a model there, meaning that their parents, parents had chosen the, par the, the partner for their parents. So they had, um, they had plenty of models to base what it looked like. So regardless of what they were going through, they still had models and models and models of what it was look like, what it would look like. And that's why my wife and I do coaching because we, a lot of times it's unrealistic because we don't see it. You know, we don't see a man being happily married that's talking about marriage. But when you see it, you 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 become inquisitive about it. Like, how, how does that work? Like, how can I how can a man become that interested in marriage and, and want to make it work and understand it and want to talk about relationships so much? Because it's unrealistic for and based on what I'm seeing. Men don't do that. Men are not thinking about that. Men are not thinking about this. So there must be something to it. And as I as I work with uh, singles and couples and we what 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 i've realized is is fragmented so like we have we're one way over here at work we're one way with the kids one way at church one way here one way that we have all these different fragmented ways of being and so we consolidate who we are and 
and and basically be baseline, have a baseline for who we are as an individual. It's going to be difficult to see what is realistic for ourselves. So one of the things that I, that's one of the things that I that I uh, try to work on. But I don't think anything is unrealistic. I think what it is is we don't until you see a way to make it work. Then it you 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 create all these narratives of what you want but it's a lot of times it's self-sabotaging because you don't believe that it's possible and so you you kind of create you kind of versions of what you want based on based on something you know you you probably will never get so so the, the way i do it the way i approach it is let's consolidate let's figure out what what it is that you that you're wanting because a lot of the times it's only because you've never gotten to you've never gotten a good relationship you never had a man that was able to articulate himself and 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 open up the space for uh the vulnerability to to flow within the relationship you've never had these things so wanting these things becomes now quote unquote unrealistic because it's not something that you've experienced not something you've seen but as you see it now you can move into a space where you're allowing yourself to uh, to be the student of the the goal that you want to have and and by going through that process you learn so much more about yourself and who you have to become in order to naturally attract the type of person that wants that type of thing to happen within their own lives so it's a process but but it's it really takes a shift in the way that we think because everything is unrealistic until it's real. Mm, definitely. Great points. Yeah, I have um, to know. Sure. Go ahead. So I, I'm not as optimistic as, as coach R thinking that everything is realistic, but he makes a great point that, that things didn't exist until they do exist. And so that's why I like the phrase, uh, realistic expectations because I don't think it's just as rational to just have expectations expectations you can imagine an expectation you can envision or create an expectation kind of at random but that's not fair to your partner necessarily in order to have a reasonable expectation reasonable within reason you have to know your partner or in this case maybe your potential partner if you're just beginning to date for example your company hires you as a person fresh out of college to have an entry-level position because it's reasonable to expect that you have entry-level skills with limited experience. As your experience grows, it's no longer reasonable to expect that you only perform on an entry-level as, as an entry-level employee. So after 10 years in one field, with even if it's with multiple companies, each company is going to expect that you have 10 years experience level of work instead of just being a, a new employee to that company. In the same way now, your partner, if your partner is, let's say, young in their early 20s, it's not reasonable to expect them to have a 50-year-old maturity level. It's not reasonable to expect them to have 50-year-old uh, experiences. It's not reasonable to expect them to just stay home and not want to explore social life and nightlife like a person who might have already done that who's 50. So your expectation has to be reasonable based on your partner, not just on what you want. And I think the question was, do black women have uh, unreasonable expectations? It's not that black women have that. I've had the pleasure of dating women that aren't only African-American, though most of the women I've dated are African-American. But I find that women all across the, all across the world have an idea of what they want, but no idea of, of what it takes to get what they want. And I think that's also with men too. People just want something. 
and not interested in what work does it take to get what I want? If you and I want to become, you know, real estate moguls, it's not enough to say that. We have to research and study and, and do forums and, 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 and get the capital. We have to do a lot of work to become a real estate mogul. It's not enough to say that's what I want. So I think that has to be considered with all due respect to Coach R of it's you, you a person can create what they want, but they may not be able to create it with the individual that they're dealing with because it has a lot to do with that individual. I think it's out of respect for you, the person you're dealing with that you know and you create reasonable expectations for each person that you deal with. Well, I, I, I just wanted Go to ahead, say, uh, because I, I think that's, that's dependent upon a lot of factors, but essentially that's, that's basically what I was saying. Um, but, it, but again, consolidating who we are uh, as the individuals, because if we, for instance, if you do, if you're wanting to start a company, you want to see what works, you want to see a uh, success in that area. And uh, once you understand that and, and you find mentors, you find individuals that are able to help you see uh, certain nuances, you become better at doing it. Right. So um, one of the main things, again, that's why my wife and I coach, because we've had mentors. That's that's the reason why we have the relationship that we have. We have a, a, a successful blueprint to um, to uh, to allow us to see the behind the scene workings of what it takes to have a successful marriage. So it's not so simple, but but that starts within the individual, the desire that they have, and then finding someone who is able to shed light on the things that go on behind the scenes because it's so easy, but it's so time consuming to trial and error it to, to and you you may or may not, you know, hit the lottery and, and, and it work out. Um, but the main thing is understanding like what it is that you want, but also asking the right questions, because what we do, we think we're asking the right questions. But as you get more informed, the questions now change. They become very specific. They become very nuanced to the thing that creates this mm. the, the driving force to what we want. So um, a lot of people have this. A lot of people have that idea that that a relationship should kind of model business and, and to a certain degree that does work. But, it, but for the most part, it becomes very transactional. And a lot of times relationships are not the, the results are not as they don't come as soon as one would hope. But I like to use the example of gardening. Like if I plant a seed today, it's not going to just manifest tomorrow unless it's a mushroom or something. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I have to understand that each seed has its own season. Each seed manifests in different ways and at different times. Uh, so, so understanding that as individuals, of course, there's the individual process that we have to go through, but we also have to understand our individual lives as opposed to somebody else's life. And what we like to do a lot of times is compare and use uh, use examples. But again, you have to find a model that that basically works for you or someone who can shed light on your specific scenario and bring you uh, the clarity that you need in order to to create that type of type of uh, success. So again, it, for me, it boils down to mentorship, finding a, a successful model that works, and then allowing yourself to become a student of that particular model uh, in order to get the results that you that you want. Mm -hmm. Thank I you, thank you. Questions. Hold on one second, Paco, because we want to get through the questions. So I, I, I think that this is interesting dialogue. Um, give us just a second to read the super chats, and then we'll um, continue it on. Um, Danny, you want to read them, or you want to? Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Goldie 1942 for the Cash App. Thank you so so much for the love. Shout out to Jessica X for the uh, super chat. She says like the stream. Yes, please like the stream and share it. 
some dope conversations happening over here. Thank you. Right. Um, shout out to Black Wizard. He says, Paco, people go to work because they're inspired to maintain a way of life. Practicality is foundational to maintain the job. The biological root of our relationships are emotions. There's no practical reason to marry someone anymore. Um, thank you so much, Black Wizard. And shout out to Demetrius. Demetrius, um, he got his katata child. Yeah, yeah. Demetrius. Um, <laughs> he said, "Hey, I'm 20 years old and in college. Can I be here? Of course you can." And Absolutely. shout out to Black Wizard again. He says, "Paco, practicality as the root of our relationships." would be dooming to fail in this environment. People don't practically need each other anymore. Um, thank you so much again, Black Wizard, for the super uh, chat. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Um, what we'll do is, because I, I understand, like, this is, um, you know, I, I want to let you guys flow, but because of time constraints, we do want to get through at least most of the questions that we have, and then we'll have a chance to kind of freestyle it and um, dialogue a bit more. But give, let us uh, just get through these last few questions, and then we'll open up the panel, and we'll be able to just kind of dialogue naturally. Uh, my next question would be, now, there's been a paradigm shift of sorts as it relates to dating and mating. Um, and as a result, um, one of the, the, the things that we hear in this space quite often relates to there being a lack of femininity in Black women and that being the cause for so many things from the low marriage rates to, you know, why... We have these uh, men's rights groups, uh, you know, Black MGTOW and SYSBM and IBMOR or men that are going their own way. Um, that part of that is uh, is because Black women lack femininity. Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts on that are and if, if you do agree that Black women lack femininity and that is partially um, part of the reason why men are leaving the community and or marriage rates are low, um, what uh, solution do you think might work in, in I guess, reducing the number of men that leave and or um, increasing marriage rates? So uh, Paco, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Coach R. All right, I'm gonna keep saying this. I know the questions are general, so I just have to keep making my own personal disclaimer. I refuse to stereotype black women. Black women don't lack anything. Human beings, individuals lack things, but black women as a group don't lack anything. Black women don't lack femininity. And in all fairness, unlike in other cultures, African-American women and some Western women in general have to take on roles that were previously traditionally male roles and it just so happens in the African-American culture that African-American women have to step up and do things that other cultures have the benefit of having someone else do, particularly a male. African-American women's relationships aren't the same as Caribbean women relationships as where I'm from or as in African countries that I've visited. So all of those are African women and then they have so very few things in common in relationships. So we can't say black women lack something when there's so much diversity amongst black women. Now, for femininity, I'm confused about even the, the, the thought that someone would think that black women lack femininity, where you can see so many beautiful 
very feminine women in, 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 in our culture, in the public sphere, right? I mean, how many actresses do we accuse of lacking femininity? How many singers do we accuse, do we accuse Beyonce of, of not being feminine enough? Do we accuse Rihanna of that? Even though well, they're, they're strong women? I mean, what is that even? Well, what about Michelle Obama? Is she not feminine enough? I mean, we're going for music mm. now. We're going well, let me let me say this, Paco, because I, and, and maybe it's um, the presence of feminism um, that the women display and may not necessarily be that they're burping and um, um, walking around with their hands in their pants or, or yeah, doing things the, like that. I think it's uh, like the, the belief that they appear to be more masculine. So they're not naturally like they're not tapping into their femininity 24 seven. They're not, you know, be, because of, and I, you know, I have my own beliefs as to why, but I think that, that they are exuding more masculine energy than feminine energy. I, I do not agree with that in the slightest. We can go to a church, we can go to a college, we can go to community college, go to a library, we can go to McDonald's. There are no shortage of very feminine women of African descent, no shortage. Mm. Once again, I think that many prominent uh, people in the community or even in the public sphere that are black women have to play a role because men, us black men, if we're being honest, have abandoned them. It's not a woman's fault uh -oh. if she is if she is raising a child by herself. I'm a baby daddy, but my baby mother never had to raise my daughter by herself, and now my daughter lives with me. So it, th this idea that we're going to put it on black women for doing what they need to do to survive on their own because their partner has abandoned them is absurd. Where is the man? The man is, it's his responsibility to be in his child's life. The man's responsibility, just like it's the mother's responsibility to do her, her duty to the child, it's the man's responsibility. And it's, it's not black women's job to drag these men who got them pregnant into doing their, their, their responsibility for the child. So if you see the single mother who is out there cutting her own lawn, that's not her lack of femininity. It's an HOA responsibility to, to have the lawn maintained to a standard. What's she supposed to do? Go find a, the, the deadbeat dad who's who's been avoiding her for months, ain't, ain't up on child support and begging to cut the lawn, or should she cut the lawn herself? Oh. I, I don't understand the concept of lacking femininity because it's 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 uh, independent of the reality of the responsibilities that African-American women are forced into and, and they're not, you know, completely absolved. They also choose bad partners. But statistically, the partners, right, we're saying statistically less black people are getting married. That's not only on the women, right? The women have to marry their partner, right? Don't the men have a vote in that also? And so the black men aren't marrying the women and the women aren't getting married to black men. So we can't judge the women only. Either we're judging the black community or we're not. I'm not going to sit here and judge black women, though. I, I don't see how that's that that makes any sense to me. I'm sorry. Mm, Thank um, you, Paco. <laughs> we appreciate you. And I love your passion, I must say. And, and I'm with you. But um, we did get a donation from uh, Kareen Henry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, dear. Um, and then we will let Coach Ara answer the question, and then Danny will pose another one. Were, were there any more, Danny? I'm sorry. Any more Super Chats? Um, actually, we just got one from okay. your fave Persuasion, and she says, oh, snap, Paco, the black men in here are going to get you now. 
Uh oh. <laughs> and they can bring it anytime. I'm ready. Ow. Well, we will be opening it up in a little bit so they'll be able to come up here and dialogue respectfully uh, with our guests. But Coach R, what's your answer to that question? Um, well, I think a lot of it, you know, it stems from understanding, you know, we have to understand both sides of the coin and women have to be more understanding as to what men are going through. And we have to be more understanding of as to what women are going through. And I, I don't, you know, it, this out of the 3000 plus women that I've dealt with in my life, um, it, it's, it's not just a black woman thing. I think it's more apparent because the ideology is that, that they have to be more strong and have to be more independent. And so what what has to happen um, with you have to choose the right partner, as Paco said, like choosing the right woman, choosing the right man, choosing the right partner um, that best is is suitable for you is, is definitely the most important thing. But but allowing so like I'm a firm believer, like I'm a very firm believer that as a man, I can give my woman fem femininity in the sense that, you know, oh, do tell. Yeah, so so in the sense that like all these things that she's been told from her mom, from her aunts, all these things that have been told to her, she's had to develop a, a, a kind of a callousness to be strong, or at least the perception of being strong outside of just outside. Right. So, but, but when we got together, I had to share, I had to show her how to relinquish that, especially as it relates to me, because all the things that served her prior to me, wasn't going to work for me. So, Again, I had to understand what I was up against in order to invest my time, my energy, my love, my like everything into that. But I first had to see how receptive she was to hearing my my perception or my perspective. And so as she uh, listened to me more and as she understood more, she, she started to disrobe those layers that she's been told or, or society has told her she has to be, which are not really who she is. Like I have conversations with women all the time. They be like, I just want to just be me, just be myself. Cause like society, I've been told I have to be strong. I have told her I have to be independent. I told her I have to be sexy. I have to be curvaceous. I have to be all these different things and never have they ever been told just be you. So for, for my wife, I wanted her to just be her, but there were so many layers and not only just from her, but from her women before her and women before that. And so all these different ideologies are passed down. And of course it ain't the same as it used to be 50, uh, 70, hundred years ago where it, it was solely based on the man. Things have changed. So a lot of women feel like, well, shoot, I go to work too. I got to do all the things that you got to do. And then you want me to come home and do all this stuff at home, which is the mm -hmm. traditional thing of how it should be. So of course there's going to be frustration, but I had to, I had to change it within myself. But, but again, like that's what changed the respect for my wife to me to, and when I like, I've never had no woman disrespect me. I have I never had no woman, you know what I'm saying? Uh, approach me in, in that kind of way, because fundamentally women are simple in that in that frame of reference, they just want to be heard. And if you are able to hear what she's saying, not what she, not just what she's saying, but but the but the the undercurrent of all the years and all the things that she's been told that she has to be and she should be. When you give her that resting place, and you know what, forget all that. I just want you. I just want to. I just want to know you, the person. Forget all the others. I just want to know the person behind all those layers. And as you do that, and you show consistently, like all that stuff doesn't matter. But getting to know you is the most important thing for me. Eventually. Over time, and the better you do it, the more you do it, the better you become at it. But eventually you cut through all of the crap that that a lot of all of the being strong and being independent, all that stuff is is a defense mechanism. It's there to protect. It, it is there to protect 
um, their emotions and protect how they feel. But again, going through the layers and saying, I'm, I don't care about that. I just let me know you. Let me get to know the real you. And as we go through this process, you'll see that I because I've done the work. You know what I'm saying? Like I've done the work. So I see through all that crap anyway. But once they get to that place, I'm telling you again, that's why I think marriage is the most amazing thing, because it ain't just me that that needed to do extra work and do more work. But it's my wife that needed to do work. And as we do work mm. together, we're able to mirror each other's work and she's able to see herself better and see like, dang, I can get better at this. I need to do this. And then the frustrations and all that stuff starts starts to relinquish because all I'm asking for is her, not all the stuff she's been told. I love it. Uh, we got another super chat and Danny's going to kick off the next question. Got one from Leo Anthony. He says, have Paco watch Love and Hip Hop, heard of City Girls, Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Are those feminine women? <laughs> um, Leo, uh, uh, we're, we're going to address your question uh, in a few minutes uh, when we open up the panel. However, I'm certain that you can also point out some famous women who also exude feminine energy as well. Um, you know, so that, that's, you know, clearly not all black women are feminine, but not all black women have an issue tapping into their femininity and exuding that um, in their everyday lives either. But Danny, what's your question, boo? Um, first, I want to send a sh another shout out to Goldie1942. She said, y'all done started some ish now. Um, Goldie, you know, it's the BFF over here, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, to the fellas, I want to know, is there a particular type of woman that will die alone? Um, you know, we've heard it from um, a specific content creator. Shout out to Kevin Samuels. Um, but he told, uh, he'll tell certain types of women, you will die alone. What I want to know, is there a particular type or do you agree with that sentiment that, of course, well, I feel like, of course, there are some women are going to die alone. But is there a particular type? Hmm, is there a type that will die alone? I think it depends on the type of man and the type of relationship you want to get and whether or not you're willing to do what's necessary to make the adjustments and understand what it takes to get it. Um, so I think it I think it just depends on how resistant you are to change and, and reality, you know, because this stuff requires work. And if you are constantly getting the same results and you don't like those results, then there's something that needs to change about your perception of what you're wanting. And a lot of the times going through this coaching process, most of the times it ain't even what they really want. It's what they've been told they should want or it's, it's what they have. It's like it's either what they've told, been told they should want and they really don't want it or on the other side of, of the coin. It's only because you have never got it that you want it. But it's not really what you want either, you know, so it's like a lot of the times people ignore the very things that are manifesting, the very people that are coming to them. They ignore all of it because of what they want, but they never get what they want and they always ignore what they're getting. And both tell a very important story as to who you are and the changes that you need to make. But if you if you are resilient to trying to get what you want, yeah, you might eventually get it. But but you run the risk of definitely not getting it, especially if it's been a long time. Oh, um, excellent answer, Coach Art. Love it. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, Dr. Black, what about you? What do you think about that? Is there a certain type of woman that will die alone? In my ongoing effort to not stereotype, absolutely not. There's no type of women. <laughs> but Coach R said the most important thing, and I'm, I'm just going to uh, 
uh, respectfully uh, echo what he said. If you're if you're adverse to change, you're going to have more issues than a person who is going to make changes as the days go on. So there, I, I, <laughs> the idea that someone can 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 point out someone and say you're going to die alone and be taken seriously, I don't take that statement even seriously because we don't know when a person's going to wake up. I think we all, as mature people, have thought one thing at a younger age and grown up and all of a sudden had what they call aha moment. So how could you know a person won't ever have an aha moment about romance? That a is person so that comes into your life, thank you for agreeing with me, a person for, that who comes into your life could be the catalyst for your aha moment. I think we've all, because I think all, four, all the people here on this panel are, are, are professionals and, and have had someone, Coach R said it, right? Mentorship and, and, and finding people who can help you along. So how could a person say <laughs> that you will never, ever, ever open your eyes to something that you are currently unable to see? I, I, I find that to be the kind of thing that you say if you're, you know, if you have clickbait, if you're, if you're selling daggone uh, wolf tickets or, or snake oil, but if you're an honest person, you know that another human being can have their aha moment at any time. And whenever they have that, isn't, uh, I think um, I researched recently, I think someone else may be able to agree, uh, say that they've seen it too. The marriages for people over 50 have increased in the last decade. Over 50 years old, not, not under 50. Right. So so marriages have increased over 50. So are you telling me that all those people who are who are 50, 60, 70 years getting married are marrying as the exact same person they, they were when they got married back when they were 20? Of course not. And that defeats the whole concept of dying alone. Right. Because you might not have got it at 20. You might have been too headstrong, too focused on your career and so on and so forth. But you might have been fortunate enough to make it to 60 and say, you know what, I, I don't want to die alone. I'm going to make. Uh, I'm going to make changes and I'm going to 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 make changes that that will allow me to to have a person in my life that I wouldn't have years ago. And I think that's that's very common. I don't think we have to look far for a person to, to an example of that. Good points, Paco. Um, definitely, definitely good, solid points. We appreciate you and thank you for your commentary on that question. Um, my next question uh, one of the another um, what I like to call a misnomer that I hear in this space is well another opinion that I hear in this space relates to um, black women's attitudes. I, I, I and and I um, changed up my speech because I don't know that that's necessarily a misnomer. However, um, the men constantly complain about the fact that black women have bad attitudes, and that's another. Um, thing that is keeping them single. Um, I think that I've heard men kind of expound upon, you know, how those attitudes impact them and how Black women have a tendency to also attempt to emasculate because of this strong independence that they embody. I want to know, is there a such thing as being too independent? So, um, and does that impact uh, your ability to date and mate properly? Um, and uh, Coach R, we'll start with you. And then Paco, if you'll come in with your commentary. Well, yeah, again, it, it, you know, it's it's kind of 
what's been been uh placed into a lot of women i, I mean I, I dealing with this stuff like as a coach is 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 so interesting uh because that that independent strong mentality and until you know why like for instance a young lady told me that her mom told her to be um independent and strong but again like not knowing where that comes from and why they were saying it like her mom was married to someone who was on drugs and it left them stranded and she married another guy who was in who had his financial house in order but their relationship was tumultuous so he just kept getting you know it kept she kept getting they kept getting kicked out and stuff like that so of course the sentiment is be strong be independent have your own whatever whatever so but but basing it on the previous basing it on your parents thinking or your mom's thinking or your dad's thinking and not understanding the context and how you're applying it to your life you're actually setting yourself up to be strong and independent in every area when she was just talking about just make sure you have some money set. just make sure you have money but you're applying it to well i need to be strong emotionally i need to be strong i need to be independent i need to do all these different things and you mm. everybody in you know what I mean? You never let anybody in. And then it further, it further solidifies your ideology by saying, I need to be strong and independent because now you're attracting people who are going to test that strong independence. Now you're looking for love. Now you're looking for a relationship and you've become callous to the idea of relationship. So when somebody tries to come and approach you that genuinely wants to get to know you, like, what are you after? Like, how are you going to hurt me? How are you going to do this? So the frustration comes on both sides now because I, I keep running into the same type of issue. I keep running into the same type of person. So what I try to do is anybody that like that, that idea, the strong and independent idea needs to be like completely reexamined as it relates to especially mm -hmm. relationships, because you cannot be you cannot depend on somebody and try to be independent at the same time, especially like when it comes to emotions, when it comes to a relationship, it's totally interdependent. Now, I agree with being self-sufficient. You have to be self-sufficient. That's just part of being an adult. But independent, nobody is truly independent. You depend on somebody built your house. Somebody made your, mm -hmm. somebody made your clothes. Somebody, somebody did something. Somebody provided the job for you. You're dependent on somebody. So to say now you're self-sufficient in the fact that you can pay your own bills, you can buy your own clothes, you can make your own food, buy your own food. You're self-sufficient. You can take care of yourself. But when it comes to being independent, you have to buy the food that somebody grew unless you are a farmer. But then you have to buy the equipment that somebody made. So we're going to always be dependent on somebody one way or another. Uh, so but I agree being self-sufficient and knowing knowing what you have to offer, understanding yourself, understanding what you it'll give you the confidence to where you can allow people in because there's nothing that nobody can take from you. There's nothing nobody can take from me that I can't get myself because I it's it's an abundance of me. I can always be me, but I can't be I can't be somebody else. If I'm trying to be anybody else, that's when I start getting frustrated. That's when I start wanting to be independent. That's when I start wanting to withdraw because I'm pulling from something that I only have a limited amount from. But if I'm pulling from the person that I am, the the, the individual that I am and the individual that I know, I've done the background work. I understand myself. I understand what I'm up against. I understand why I'm attracting these types of women that consider themselves to be independent. And I know how to break through that. Oh, you got you got a problem now because I'm going to get through that independent mentality and I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to the person behind all again, going back to what I was saying, talking to the person that's behind all of that stuff. And uh, usually the best way to do that is through empathy. I have to empathize with you because it makes sense. Nobody just wakes up and say, I want to be mean and mad and independent like this stuff happens over time. And as I start to understand how you got to where you are, I can now be more empathetic and seeing your perspective. That's really what it boils down to in a relationship. If me and my wife have an issue, I need to be 
completely able to see it from her perspective in order to get her out of that particular feeling. But if I don't do that, then now we have conflict and it just piles up, piles up more and more. And then guess what? It further solidifies the fact that I, that marriage ain't it doesn't work or there's no point of being married. There's no point of being, you know, I have to be independent. I have to be strong. I have to. So we further we further solidify the thing that's been going on and brewing within us the whole time. Thank you. Says made some really solid points. We appreciate that. Uh, Paco. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We got some super chats, Danny. Yes. Um, shout out to Nuruddin. Um, He says, that's true. That attitude is horrible. And uh, thank you so much, Nuruddin, again. He says, you mean strong, like hazardous material? <laughs> Nuruddin, you thank, you, Nuruddin. <laughs> thank you for the super wrong. chat. Um, Paco, uh, what's your response to Concrete's question? Well, I think uh, Coach R said, you know, all the fundamentally sound points that <laughs> the most important one, I think, that, that I really appreciate is you can't be independent while trying to be dependent. Obviously, relationships are dependent. They're, they're symbiotic, you know, they're, there's a give and a take. And so when, when someone asks a too much question, I always think of this example. Did you know that you can drink yourself to death? And I mean water, not alcohol. So if you can drink yourself to death, a, a woman about a decade ago drank so much water uh, as she was training that, that she drowned herself through consumption, which is very hard to do. But the point of that is too much of anything is not good. Life is about balance. The, the most successful people are the happiest people are the ones who are the closest to a balance. And, and if you overdo anything, you're going to destroy what you're working on. And so a person who is too independent will fail, just like a person is who, who is not independent enough will fail. Uh, failure is always you know, a step away, right around the corner. And, and I think the best thing we can do is focus on being balanced, where we're selfish enough to understand that we matter and that we take good care of ourselves, but not so selfish that we can't see the value in others. And, 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 more, and just like Coach said, we don't. We, we need to be able to let the other person under see, feel that that we appreciate them. You know, a person who says, "I'm opening the door." I think the the, the we've said this years now. Uh, Chivalry's dead, and women killed it, or Chivalry's dead, men killed it. If you if a person opens a door for you, and you can't just simply say thank you. It doesn't matter if you're if you're a, if you're a homosexual woman. If a man opens the door for you, you can't simply just say thank you based on your sexuality. You're doing too much. Because if a person opens a door for me. If a woman opens the door for me and I'm a heterosexual male, I don't I don't think twice about it. There's nothing sexual in there. I just say thank you. And that's me not me being independent enough to open my own door own door, but also being respectful of another human enough to appreciate the fact that someone did something that I didn't even ask them to do. And so there's a balance. There's always a balance and 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 we should always try to to meet that balance and 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 to meet the balance with the other person. Not just how we feel about a subject. But to have the empathy that Coach R said and the understanding that we can meet a person, you know, in a safe split, in a safe place, at a safe distance without uh, disrespecting ourselves or losing our identity or <laughs> in a lot of cases, an identity that somebody else made up that we're trying to try to hold on to. Thank you, Paco. Uh 
Thank you, Paco. Um, you, you made an interesting point about us knowing each other. And what I wanted to know, do you think enough people are aware of each other's nature? Um, because what I've noticed, um, a lot of people tend, and we, we talked about it, we touched on it a little bit earlier, um, about people, um, having these unrealistic expectations of each other. But do you think that, um, enough people are aware of each other's nature saying that, okay, your woman is not going to always be perfect. Um, she's going to be bitchy, mean, um, whatever, whenever, um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't I don't even like where this is going. How is someone going to decide what someone else is going to always be? What well, you know, in philosophy, we learn to think to think not to say. And and some of the things you, you don't say, you never you don't say never, you don't say always. Why why would I comment on what a person who has a right to choose is going to be in the future? Listen, if, if a person believes that they could tell the future. They shouldn't even be in this business. They should be gambling. They should be making a lot of money on sports or stocks. Mm. This is a business is about people. And no one can tell another person what they will do. You can say, based on your past, I expect you to do this. And that's, a, think about it, right? If I made the statement, your girl's going to always be this. If I made a different statement, you'll, you'll hear me, right? If I say your girl's going to always be this, you'll hear me. So I say that to get your attention, even though it's not true. But if I tell you the truth, it is likely that this will happen. You will hear something totally different. And I should, I, out of respect for you and respect for my, for my um, reputation, I should go with the truth. I should not go with clickbait. I should not go with the, the thing that's just going to get the most attention. I should just stick to the truth. My truth should be in more than enough attention for you. And so I don't know how your girl's going to be. I have a wife. I don't know how she's going to always be. And I didn't marry her based on what I think she's always going to be. I married her based on what she's proven to be and what she continues to prove and what I am committed to proving to her. And I think if we are honest with ourselves, that's all the that's all the the the, the comfort we can give each other is what I have done in my past, my track record and how close do I commit to sticking to that track record. But I, I don't think you can get any more disingenuous than to predict the future of another person. That that literally is absurdity. And, and, and anyone who does it for you, you should ignore them. They're, they're not offering you anything of value there. They're just wasting your time, in, in my opinion. Okay. Mm. I think you brought about a good point, Paco. Um, um, Coach R, what do you think about that? Well, can you restate the question for me? Yeah. Um, yes. Are, are we aware of each other's nature as people? You know, it seems like everybody kind of wants these fairy tale relationships, and, and we talked about this earlier. But it seems like um, people are surprised when they get really, really deep into a relationship. And when you go through problems, you really get to see who a person is when you go through things. And I'm asking, are we really aware of each other's nature as people? Well, I, I would say no, because if we were, I think there would be more understanding and there wouldn't probably even be this conversation uh, because at the end of the day, that's part of, you know, that's part of understanding. And, you know, I believe in I believe in, you know, to me, again, going back, like there's so many layers to who we are as a person that by the time you meet us, 
you know, we're 30 some years in, you know, 40 some years in or 50 some years in and to expect to know someone or even just after a year when they have 50 years of conditioning, 50 years of things that are going that have happened to them, things that happened to them in their childhood, things that happened to them in their adulthood. Like there's so many layers to it. It takes time to 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 unravel, not only for me to unravel, but for you to unravel what happened to you. So, of course, that's going to affect you in so many ways that that none of us are going to be able to do it. And again, that's why we do coaching, because it gives an outside perspective. Um, of the internal problems, because most of the times when couples come to us, it has it has very little to do with the issue that that's going on in their relationship. It's it's the symptom of deeper problems going on in the individuals, which uh, in turn transfer to the collective. So we have like what we do is we reverse engineer. We just go. We have to go as far back as possible and allow and be, really be neutral, a neutral party to hearing how they perceive themselves. And, you know, and then we, when we offer a different perspective, they're like, huh, I never thought about that before. So if you never thought about that before, you've never had that idea before. That's that's different. That's going to change how you even view yourself. So now you're bringing that new change into your relationship. But but the, the information that you told me has always been there. The things that have happened to you have always been there. I'm just giving you a perspective that's different from the one that you have. So if that's if that's new information, that's going to change you. That changes the perspective about the situation that happened. But guess what else? Now, now the dynamic of the relationship is going to change because that's new information about that person. So now we have to change how. So it's a constant ebb. Mm, it's a constant expansion of two individuals and we have to be patient. We have to go in with the right mentality in order to extract all the information. And this is very important, especially in the early stages of getting to know someone, because we 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 make decisions based on the information that we know. If I if you've been painting a great picture of me and it matches up what I'm looking for, then I'm going to be I'm going to be sold on it. It's only until there's a there's a pattern disrupt until something outside of what I'm conditioned or what I'm seeing from you uh, changes that I now start to change. So now that change has affected me. You say something, you do something. I saw a picture in your phone. Something happened outside of what you've told me or you you presented to me. Now I have to take a step back and say, okay, I've been deceived. Like I've been, there's some more to this picture than I, that I thought that meets the, meets the eye. So that requires a level of transparency. And I believe that transparency definitely comes from within, but it, it requires searching for that transparency by being transparent. So if I'm, if I'm open, if I'm opening up myself, then I would hope that you open up yourself, but I'm also going to examine certain things. So that, 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 that goes into, that's a, a good tool to use within a relationship because again, like there's no reason to even get married. If there's no foundation, no stability, no something that you don't think that will change. You, you want this to change. You want the relationship to, you don't want the relationship to change with this person, how you feel about this person. You love this person. You like this person, whatever the case may be, that's what you're married as that change. Now, as that change or you get new information that changes the way you view the relationship. So of course it's going to affect it. Of course it's going to uh, change the nature because I'm understanding what you, how you were nurtured and that nurture now affects the way I see your nature. Even if you don't see it, it affects the way that I see you. So now that creates a new dynamic within our relationship. And nine times out of 10, that's the very thing that makes or breaks it. Thank you, coach. We appreciate that. Um, I agree with just about everything you said in that comment. Um, Me too. 
Uh, I, I, uh, we are going to go ahead and open it up. So we'll drop the link and allow for people to come on the panel and uh, we can go ahead and engage in dialogue with some people from the chat. I do just want to give a reminder for you guys to make sure that you are remaining respectful of our guests. Otherwise, you will be dropped down. Um, in addition, we want the panel to remain orderly. So, you know, we don't want any, you know, talking over each other or yelling over each other. You guys know. But um, while we're while we're loading the panel, I did have one just quick question that's not specifically related to black women, but more so black men. So one of the common things that I hear in this space relate to black women and their mating choices, how black women choose the select male or the, the jawline man or the man who's, you know, uh, attractive and, you know, um, popular as opposed to like the thinking man. So the man who is educated and hardworking and has his head in the books. And as a result, the men in this space feel as though they, um, the thinking man deserves like the, the, the top tier woman. So the most attractive woman that they should not have to settle, uh, that they should not have to date a woman who has already had children and made mistakes in her past. So now she wants someone to swoop in and save the day. Uh, but I want to know what advice you would give to a man who worked hard, kept his head in the books. And um, as a result, now he's looking to date, but he does not feel as though he should settle. He feels as though he deserves, you know, a nine or a 10. Um, like what advice, I guess, would you give to someone who in that position? If I may go first, go ahead, please, go ahead. coach. Yeah, go ahead. Um, last time you ladies invited me on, we uh, we had some discussion with some guys and I guess it's, it's this is a forum for that. I hadn't thought about the points they were raising. But I, I want to bring up an important word that we shouldn't forget as we move forward. And that is contradiction. Um, you can't be a four and say you deserve a 10. Let's just start there. And that's for everybody. You can't be but a four what if, what if earn a lot of say, money? I don't care. You can't be a four. If you are a 10, then you can talk about what you deserve. And, and here's a second thing. In life, we rarely ever get what we deserve. In life, we get what we can hold on to. We get what we work hard for. Deserve is, an, is, is a word that is, is a strange, you know, it, it's what does deserve even mean? But if, if, we, if we agree on what deserve means, then you don't deserve a 10 if you're a four. And that's for men and women. Mm, you know, some wow. of the other people on other shows were, were telling, uh, there, was a, there was a, we talked about a video where, where the host was telling the girl, Hey, you're you're not a ten, so you can't get a ten. And she was a high income earner. Well, that's that's fine. If 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 that host is going to take that position for that young lady, or people who agree with his position on that, there are a lot of fours who are agreeing with him. And so those brothers who are fours who neither have her income nor her looks can't question her about her not being a ten before they question themselves. Mm. In my book, I say nine 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 percent of the solution to your problem start with self. So if you want a 10, you got to find a way to be a 10. You know what I'm saying? You can't be talking about how this person is not this, this person not that, this person not the third, if you can't first start with yourself. Are you a 10 to be talking about 10s? And if you're not, if you're like me and, and, and most people, because average means most people, if you're average, then why are you talking about 10s any damn way? Ain't enough of us that are 10s to be talking about 10s. And, and most, mm. thank goodness, <laughs> for Instagram, 
that gave us a uh, gave us a, a, a opportunity for a lot of average people around the way to expose how they're just as beautiful as as some of the 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 high end model tens are out there. So now we find out that there are a lot more nines than we thought. But in the end of the day, average is average. And so I, I don't I don't think that that uh, the advice I would give to answer your question. I'm sorry for for going a long way around that. The advice I would give to answer your question: If you're dating you should have a good understanding of yourself before you start dating. What, what, what do you have to offer? And then understand what you would like to receive. But you have to start with yourself. What do you have to offer? If you got a bunch of kids, you're a real handsome guy, and you got a bunch of baby mamas, then you can't criticize another person for having a baby daddy. If you are you know, a regular person, you, you're getting your $40,000 a year, you know, you didn't go to college. You just have a, a good job. You you worked at the car dealership for your whole young life and you're making 40000 a year. Then you can't question a woman who's making, you know, the same or a little bit more than you. The, the, the consistency is what it's all about. And that's my opinion. Be Know yourself and then move forward on to finding someone who appreciates who you are. That's simple. Thank you, Paco. Mic drop. Okay, so we're going to have Coach R answer the question, and then we're going to hear from the fellows on the panel and um, hear their comments on the topic of discussion. Oh, well, thank you for the super sticker concrete. Really nice. Anytime. <laughs> Coach R, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I agree with Paco. I agree with Paco, but, but I also just want to add, like, for me, <laughs> it wasn't until I got to the place where I was like, you know what, you know, all society tells you all the things, tells you all this stuff, what you should want, why you should, you know what I mean? They tell you all these different things. Right. So for me, it wasn't until I, till I got to the place as a single man, um, when I was single, I was like, what do I want? You know, like as a man, what do I genuinely want? What will it take for me to stay interested, stay focused and to be in a relationship for the rest of my life with the person I really enjoy uh, being with? You know, and so, it, you know, because we hear so much about about what women want and society paints these pictures of like happy, happy wife, happy life and all this kind of stuff. And, I'm, and I got to the point I was like, so so what about me? Like what what, what will it take? For me, because nine times out of ten, it's mostly the um, the fact that a lot of men, you know, just they're not they're not appreciated within the relationship. At least that's how they feel. So, so it really just it really just goes like that for me. For me, it, it really took me really understanding what I want and caring less about what society told me I should want. And then that's that really gave gave me the clarity to start looking for the type of woman. And I found her, the type of woman that I can spend the rest of my life with. So it really just boils down to you. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we're going to go down the line and, um, and see what everybody has to say on the, um, show and the questions um first we'll start with black wizard and like i said we'll go in the um line um black wizard what are your thoughts um black wizard are you there he might be tending to the baby or something oh there he is no i'm back okay <laughs> <laughs> hey black wizard hello um this is really just going to be to elaborate on the thing that i put in the super chats about um so uh, when Paco was talking, um, Black was Wizard, you sound a bit romantic. Um, can you speak up for us just a little bit? <laughs> Is the baby asleep? <laughs> the baby asleep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me, um, all right, so I'll get closer to the mic. Is this better? 
Yeah, we'll a little bit. All right. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So this is just to elaborate on the point that uh, I was making before uh, through the super chats. Um, Paco, uh, I think mentioned um, about practicality, and I think there's a level of that or practicality when it comes to relationships or treating your relationship more like it, like you treat your occupation. That way you can bring a model that works to something that you're having um, issues with. And to a degree, I, to a degree, I agree with that, but here's where I disagree. Um, you know, both of the uh, gentlemen here were talking about how uh, standards have changed throughout the, you know, throughout the span of time and how, uh, marriage has changed as a model or you know, or relationship uh, or relationship and we're using things that don't work anymore um, with as marriage was um, created you know it was it, it made more sense for it to be practical so because you're like you know in an agricultural environment men are needed for labor you know women are needed to tend to the the things that aren't so labor intensive like taking care of children but as techn but as technology increased, so so marriage as an institution at that time was used for family building. But as technology increases, there's less practical application for a man and woman to be together. So using uh, so the only reason people would stay together now as our technology moves us into the fourth industrial revolution is to uh, is because we like each other, and because of that, most marriages have failed. Um, so, and, and especially in the black community where our divorce rate is the highest because, you know, we have a culture that kind of breeds in this, uh, kind of contempt, uh, for each other. So I was just coming on to elaborate on that and say that if we use, it's, it's my opinion that if we use practicality as the foundation for our relationship because most of the average people don't practically need to stay together. Like there's no functional reason for me to be with a person other than I like them, then it would be dooming the relationship to failure. Our emotional or our biological imperative is emotional. So um, it makes more sense to uh, figure out a way to emotionally relate to each other, uh, in my opinion, than to, um, try to uh, make a business out of the relationship. It, it works in certain. It works in certain spaces like politics, where you you know, you, you know, you need a person to fit a function, so you marry them for a specific reason. But for the general person, I just don't think practicality is a good idea. May I address that, ladies? Since uh, he wrote me a comment a little earlier. Of course, go ahead. Um, uh, doc. Uh, Black Wizard, I I think you are underestimating um, underestimating the usefulness of of having a purpose uh, in in anything. Uh, you may not at this moment be able to imagine how it could work, but I tell you, as someone who's doing it currently, doing it, I'm married to my wife for a very practical reason. I'll share a little secret with you uh, at my wedding speech. Uh, the rehearsal, I had a little speech thanking everyone who came. And I said to everyone in the audience, I said, I didn't, I'm not marrying my wife out of love. And my wife was a little hurt by that because she was programmed to think and society has programmed many of us to think that 
Love is the only reason, has to be the number one reason to marry someone. I went on to explain to the audience that the reason I'm marrying my wife is because she's been my best friend for years. We graduated college, not just together, but at the same time, we were in the same ceremony. She was right behind me as we walked across the stage that we have similar interests and similar goals. So it makes us even more compatible beyond the fact that I find her extremely attractive. Then lastly, those things that built for us, for me and me, I can't speak for her, but for me, those, those specific things built for me led to love. I didn't start loving her, then find out that she's intelligent, then find out that she's a hard worker, then find, no, I did it the other way around. So it may be romanticism or maybe cultural to think that you need to start and end with love. I disagree. I'm recommending, I'm suggesting to folks that there's many practical reasons and we can look at successful millionaires and billionaires. If you look at the top 10 richest women in the world, uh, six out of 10 of them are Chinese women and they're all billionaires because they're married to billionaires. I don't know how we overlook the practicality of meshing with someone on a, on a fundamental, tangible level every day. I don't know how we look past that and just get to the love, which is metaphysics. Metaphysics is not in this world. Love comes and goes. But your work ethic doesn't necessarily come and go. It's much more dependable. Your, your profession, your degrees, your, your commitment to your job, those are things of yourself. And those are much more, more practical, more, more uh, standard than the love that has to go. You don't want the taste of, of crab on your mouth for 45 days straight, just like you can't expect to feel the same level of euphoria and love that you every single day, it has to come and go, but there has to be something when the love goes so that it'll keep you with that person until the love comes back. Do you agree? Black Wizard? Now, I have something to say about that, but- Wait, we want to go in order. We're going in order. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I definitely agree with um, what Paco says, especially about um, expecting, everybody goes through a range of emotions as it pertains to relationships. Mm -hmm. You're going to be happy. You're going to get mad at your partner. You're going to go through things things as in a relationship, period. Um, but Black Wizard, I want to do I do want to give you a chance to respond. And then I want to get Simon in. I think he was the next on the panel. And like I said, we'll go in line. I OK, I agree and I disagree. Um, so the the point the points that I well, first, you know, I'm glad that um, you have that kind of relationship with your wife and that, and I do uh, honestly hope that it continues to, um, you know, prosper for you in, in that way. But I'm saying as the, I guess I'm saying in a more, in the uh, general sense uh, for, for people. So let's even take your example first, like your attraction came first. Your attraction is a, a bio, your physical, your, physical attraction is a biological response and the biological response came first. Had that attraction not been there, there'd been no door for you to open for the logical realm to even make a dent into the, uh, into what's happening. Um, a lot of people, I think a lot of people see love as a, uh, emotion, uh, kind of a superficial emotion, like, uh, that's kind of fleeting, like anger or, uh, like, uh, like, uh, uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll just use anger. So like anger where I'm saying um, what, and, and I think um, 
the other coach, Coach R, um, kind of I kind of agree more with his line. Uh, and, and as a person that comes from a uh, relationship with my wife, where love is the foundation, I'll say the what speaking from that perspective, it's like love is the love is always there. Anger and you know things that are triggered from my past situations that uh that I've patterned um, and, and patterned and uh, convinced myself that are needed in order for me to feel loved are superficial. And when that when the when we get into like arguments or things that kind of trigger these these superficial emotions, the anger uh, kind of clouds my clouds my love, but the love is still underneath. The love is still there. It's like it, although what you're saying is true that it is a metaphysical kind of thing. The love is all the love is the foundation for which the the for which our relationship is built. When I feel something, when I feel another emotion that's more superficial and kind of covers the covers the love, I can still feel the love. It's just the anger in that or the whatever in that moment sweeps in and kind of takes me away from, you know, what I believe, um, uh, what I believe about myself and, you know, the kind of insecurities that I've that I've amounted over the past kind of take me into a situation that makes me believe that I don't love, but that's not true. The love is still the love is always still there. And I'm saying practical, practical or using the practical uh, realm as the foundation for um, for a relationship, for any relationship. Like you don't love your mother for practical reasons. Well, generally, people don't love their mother for practical reasons, but the love is there. You know what I'm saying? Like the our relationships are built on this everlasting love that is, that we kind of lose contact with because of the patterns that we have accumulated over the uh, progression of time. And as those patterns keep coming back, we identify with more with the patterns than we do with the love. I'm saying love is the foundation. Um, and I guess that's just where I'm at. I guess we just fundamentally disagree. Mm. Thank you, Black Wizard. Um, we appreciate that. I, I kind of agree with some of the things that you were saying. Um, yeah, we appreciate that. We'll, we'll continue to dialogue about this, but we want to also get a few other people in and get their commentary. Um, we also got a super chat from bro David Johnson. He said, marriages were supposed to be for power alliances, not for that happy wife, happy life BS. I like happy spouse, happy house, because his happiness is as important to me as mine is to him. But thank you, David Johnson. We appreciate you. Who was next, Annie? Was it um, Simon? Yes. I can't see. Okay. Hello. Uh, how is everybody doing? We're great. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I think this is an interesting uh, conversation. I think I agree with parts of both what the brother said. Uh, however, I would like to add an extra thing to it. See, with the love thing, the mother actually took care of the child, sacrificed. So there was that initial practicality that led to love. It is something that has been happening since the child was, a, was born and that kind of experience, going through bad things, good things, sharing those experiences and then learning from them. That's what love developed from. So I, I think what, what uh, Paco is really saying is that you have the practical aspect because that's what the foundation is, right? For example, you need food, you need water, you need shelter, you need uh, security. Once you have all of these things working, 
then you can continue to build from that. The problem is in the modern times, we don't need each other for those things. Those things are already given. Most of us are independent. So it kind of creates a difficult position for us to start from. So ultimately, yeah, we do need to reestablish a practical point so that there is something strong, foundational to build the love from. The love is not the foundation. The love is a feeling. It is a fleeting feeling because most of us don't even know what it is. Love is supposed to build from the experiences and then expand outward. That kind of loyalty. You know, when they say brothers in arm or sisters in arm, these people, these brothers usually, they are much stronger than any spousal relationship. Because what's happened is, is they've had difficult situations that they've overcome together. So that is a practical thing that then spread out into love. If you have that, then I believe it can work. But starting from this infatuation, which is what people usually call love, it can't be can't be hoped that it will work. For some people, yes, they'll be lucky. But I think for most of us, we should be thinking more of practical, creating some kind of uh, situation that we can both enjoy from. Ladies, we you say something about that. I really appreciate his commentary. I just want to say something real quick. I know you got other people to get to. Yeah, but go, go ahead. He, made, he brought up a point, and thank you for your comments, sir. He brought up a point, he said the mother, I don't know if anyone has ever thought about this, but a lot of times when we talk about romance, we talk about unconditional love. And usually the people who are talking about unconditional love are the people who did something wrong. You usually like the cheater is telling the, the spouse, hey, forgive me, you should have unconditional love. And, and that made me think your mother is the one who has unconditional love because women, these strong black women, these strong women in general, give birth to a child at the risk of their life. For the entirety of humanity, a third to two thirds of, of women died in child labor. Thankfully, now we got it under a third, but but women give birth to children at literal risk of their life. Thank goodness it's up to women because men wouldn't do it. We wouldn't risk our lives to have children and the human race might have been gone already. So the unconditional love is a woman giving birth to a child that has done nothing for her to that point. All it has done is feed off of her literally and figuratively. And the woman still gives birth to that child and then turns around and nurtures that child and hopes that someday maybe get some 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 form of return, some love back, some caring back. Well, other human beings should not give you unconditional love because you didn't do anything to earn unconditional love. You can't do what the mother did, the initial unconditional mm -hmm. lover did. So we need to get that out of there. And it just made me think about it with that young man's comments that were very true. We, we got to have reasonable expectations and unconditional okay. love is not one of them. Listen, Paco is on point. Like, I, I don't think as humans, we really embody unconditional love. Our love comes with conditions. Unconditional loves me, love means that if he cheats on, if she cheats on me, I'm not going to leave her because I love her unconditionally. Like, I, I do think that our love comes with conditions because, and that's reasonable. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I, Typically, it's reasonable. Um, I don't see anything wrong with a person creating reasonable conditions for their love. We got a super chat from, uh, hold on one second, from Penguins on Proton saying that, I agree, Black Wizard, when you're pissed off and mad at your spouse or significant other, love is the glue that holds it all together. Without it, most ain't willing to put up with someone's madness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that super chat. Um, Black Wizard, were you gonna say something quickly before we get on to uh, Mumia? Yes, real quickly. Um, I think I think um, 
I think a lot of people, um, or I think a lot of us have a misconception of what, uh, what true love, uh, is at the risk of sounding Disney. Um, the, the, uh, the love I'm talking about, uh, isn't, uh, this, uh, romantic, uh, um, um, what you guys are calling fleeting, um, uh, uh, emotion that's built through, uh, time and, and experience, um, with, the the that's more like a obsession um it's more like a uh, uh biologically generated obsession with somebody um what i what i'm talking about is deep is deeper than that and it's not exact it's like and, and i and i guess just to break this down just a little bit because i don't want to ramble but <laughs> but um the things that we build through experience are like a map or especially from a traumatic experience is like a map that will try to keep us protected. I think you're saying that when, you know, if, if your love was unconditional, then you'd have no boundaries. And that I don't agree with. Um, you can unconditionally love someone, let's say go through a divorce with somebody and end the divorce amicably because you love that person, but they're, but the way that they are, uh, but the way that they, uh, hit your boundaries is not agreeable to you. That doesn't mean that you don't love them unconditionally. That just means that you have certain, um, you have certain parameters for yourself that you need to keep, uh, that you need to keep, uh, I guess, at level. So, and, and when, and when that person crosses that boundary, maybe uh, unbeknownst to them because their experiences that they built through love tells them that love is something completely different than your experience had, your experiences have that fleeting, uh, that fleeting idea that the experiences of, uh, our past build love is not what love is. Love is deeper. Love is, love is a connection that you feel to somebody like a mother feels to a child or like a like a child feels to their mother. And it's some, it's not something that can be destroyed. So, so, uh, so easily it's there underneath the surface, no matter what is going on. Hmm. I think that's an interesting point. Black wizard. See, when I think about unconditional love, I think about like a love with no limitations. I don't think that like a gape and, you know, which is like the highest form of love and unconditional love is something that we uh, employ as humans. I think that our love is conditional. Um, many of, uh, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I think as long as you, you, you're, it, you know, there are reasonable conditions, but I do want to dialogue about this a bit further, but I want to get, Mumia in and we have a full panel so I gotta uh, ensure that everyone has a chance to speak but um, that is an interesting point I wish we had more time to kind of go over that but uh, Obsidian what are your comments as it relates to the topic oh Obsidian okay well we can come back to him oh, hello, oh hello. there he is hey oh Okay. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Um, Daniel George and Miss Concrete Rose. Uh, how's everybody doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. Miss Rose, I understand you had some choice words for me last night. I had some choice words for you last night. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't on uh, YouTube last night. The uh, a previous uh, uh upload um that you guys did. Uh, black girls are easy, or words to that effect. I, I don't recall, but what were the words? You can refresh my memory. That yeah, was uh, well, all right. Well, we, we'll 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 deal with that by and by. Um, 
No, I just wanted to, to ask about it because I thought maybe. Okay. Uh, well, I might have. You, you, you oftentimes have choice words for us, so it might have been uh, in response to something you said. But, but let's. But what are your thoughts on the topic? Yeah. Uh, can black? Is there hope for black women? Yeah, there is. But um, that's contingent on their willingness. Um, you know, to to take a you know some ask some hard questions. And in many instances, to take a hard look in the mirror. I think we're in a period, a um, very interesting period that we're in, because for the first time that I can recall, um, this has never been asked of black women. The, 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 the default setting and the conceit is that black women are just fine the way that they are and that the, any problems to the, the extent that they have them in a dating and mating context are due to um, forces and factors that are completely outside of their own ability to control outside of themselves. So I think we're in a very interesting period where black women are being challenged to look at themselves in some cases, metaphorically, but in many instances, literally, um, because uh, more and more evidence is coming to the forefront that there are um, that there that that that, that the, the ideas that they have been presented with up until this point have not necessarily been borne out to be the case. Um, at the very least, it's a bit more nuanced than we've all been led to believe, and at worst. It's just flat out false. So I think that there is hope for black women. But but the but the problem that I'm having right now in the current moment is if we continue with straw men arguments, if we continue with diversionary arguments, then black women won't the, the, the hope for black women goes down. So what do I mean by that? If we continue to diverge. Right. From for whom it applies, black women who are average at best in terms of the men that they would like to appeal to what they want in a woman, in this case, a black woman. If we diverge from that by saying, well, you know, there's a lot of black men that, that uh, you know, pine away for Instagram models and all the rest. Of it. You know, at this juncture, that's not helpful. If, if for no other reason, then there is, then there, for the fact that there is little, if any, empirical evidence to support such a claim. If we could, we proceed from the premise that, well, you're a black man and you don't have thus and so, then you can't talk about this. That's not helpful because, again, there's little empirical evidence to support the claim. Black men have the dubious distinction, and I don't say this with any pride, of having the lowest standards in women, not the highest. And the reality bears it out. So saying things like that is not helpful to the discourse, particularly if the question on the table is, are, is there hope for black women? Yes, there is but they have to be willing to take an unflinching look at themselves 
and then act accordingly. If they want a high value black man, if that's the argument, then the question has to be, are they a high value black woman in terms of what high value black men have clearly indicated they desire? Not what they think of them, it's what the men think they desire. You know, having diversionary discussions, you know, essentially saying black men do it too, that's not helpful. It's not helpful because it's not true. And it's not helpful because it continues to uh, 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 feed a lot of black women who are already delusional anyway, just more excuses to remain the same. So I, I think that the, the, we can do this, but there has to be two things on the table. One, black women have to be willing to look hard at themselves if they want what they say they want. If they just can't be good with a regular everyday guy, they just got to get a high flyer, high achiever, then they have to look in the mirror and ask, are they willing to do what it takes to become what the high flying, high performing brothers want? And two, we got to stop scapegoating brothers. We got we to stop that. We just do. Black men are not the problem here. If we've learned anything over the past eight months, on these YouTube streets, it's that. Black men are not the one that are gunning out of their league. Black men aren't the ones that are wildly delusional. Black men aren't the ones talking about, I just can't work with a regular everyday average sister. Black women aren't doing that. Nobody is making big money off of black men saying stuff like that. Nobody. So, so we need to stop that. It's not helpful. And it's actually doing more harm than good to the black to the black women many of us claim to love that's it okay before you guys respond i'm gonna read the super chats um shout out to maurice november for the cash app thank you so much um shout out to brilliance he says love is nothing but serotonin and dopamine thank you so much brilliance um, shout out to Big Mac. He says, I disagree with the speaker that stated pregnancy is an indicator of unconditional love because it's strictly a biological process. Also, there are countless studies that show women don't even love their children equally. Thank you. Thank you well, so much, Big Mac. Thank, um, yeah, thank you guys for the super chats and the... Um, and the cash apps. Go ahead, Danny. Yes. What were you going to say? Um, I, I, I got one more from David Johnson. He says, facts, old man, um, 100. He said, black men have the lowest standards and black women purposely attempt to keep our standards mm -hmm. low so they won't have to step their game up. Thank you so much, bro, David. Um, okay. Go ahead, Danny. I, I was going to allow. Can, uh, I, can our, I respond now? Hold on, one second, Meredith. Hold on, guys. I, I wanted to allow our guests an opportunity to respond to what Obsidian has said before we move the uh, panel along. Are you okay with that, Danny? Yes, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm definitely Lord, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. Oh, Coach, first. Okay. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, we'll let Coach no, get in there real quick first, and uh, then uh, Paco. He can go first. He can go ahead and go first. Go ahead, Paco. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Obsidian used a lot of great terms, but I guess he missed the part where I said we got to focus on the word contradiction. You, Obsidian said that uh, we shouldn't use straw men, and then he just had a whole five-minute speech of all the straw men that he can come up with. 
I don't know who, who, where's the research? How, how is it possible to know that black men have the lowest standards? How is that even possible to know? Forget the evidence that you might have. How is that a possible thing to know who has the lowest standards? And these are the kind of things that I say are clickbait. These are the kind of things that snake oil uh, specialists try to sell you. They tell you something that is not possible to know and pretend that it's knowable. It is not knowable, the standards of black men, because like all people, the group of black men are very diverse. Black men date different kinds of women of all different colors, shapes, sizes. What, what does that even, what would it mean for a group of men to have the lowest standards? What, who has the highest standards then? These questions are, are rhetorical because the premise is idiotic. We don't know who has the lowest standards. An individual can have low standards and an individual can have high standards. But black men in general don't have any specific set of standards. And I, I definitely want to say to all the black women listening that you are good enough. I don't care if anyone out here tells you that you're not a 10. I don't care oh. if anybody out here tells you that you're not good enough for them. Oh, well, move on because there is somebody who will find you good enough. And even if you're good enough for someone, that doesn't negate the fact that you need to be better for yourself and for life. Two things can be true at the same time. I can both be good enough for my own life and still need to be a better person myself and for my wife. Because whatever I do today does not mean it's good into infinity. I still have to keep improving. And if I want my relationship to get better, I have to keep getting better. So the idea that someone's not good enough, that may be for that other individual. And the same idea that you are good enough doesn't negate the fact that you got to do the work to get better. Just like you're at your job. When you, you, get your, you get your employee of the month. January 2020, it doesn't have anything to do with January 2021. You still got to come back and prove yourself all over again in that next evaluation cycle. Why I keep bringing back my points to these business analogies, because we always got to keep working. So I, 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 I'm, I don't know what Obsidian was talking about. I think a lot of people don't. But you can be a good person for someone else and also not be up to someone else's standards that's not really relevant. Just find someone who finds you good enough for them and never stop trying to be better. A bam respond? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Obsidian. So Obsidian, can go ahead, Danny. What were you going to say? I was, was going to allow him just to uh, do a concise response and then get Coach R in there so yeah, we can move fine. the panel along. Uh, Obsidian, do you want to wait to hear from Coach R first or yes, you want to yes, respond? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so Coach R, um, do you want to give us your comments or thoughts on Obsidian's comments? Well, I, I, mean, I can see Paco and I can see Obsidian's perspective on it. But, but again, it goes back to what I was saying before. What do you want? Because, you know, we see all these standards. We see all these perspectives. We see all these different things that are true to them that, you know, what Paco is saying is true for him. What Obsidian is saying is true for him. And they're going to be true for you based on what you see. But for me, again, it was, I, what I wanted, I got. So at the end of the day, for me, uh, it's, it's, once I understood that there are social things that we're being programmed and we've been told to think and want and all that kind of stuff, and we get caught up in high value this, high value that, which uh, two years ago, that wasn't even a buzzword. That wasn't even the term or five years ago or whatever. So we get caught up in a lot of things that are that are kind of trendy. And that's cool. But again, like for me, going back to when I was single and dating, I had just, I mean, it was just crazy. It was pandemonium. But once I decided and said, you know what, forget all the standards and all the trends and all the whatever, what do I want? What is it going to take for me to, to, to have the kind of relationship that I want going forward? 
And once I once I settled into that, once I got clear on that, it, it just all it, it made sense and it flowed and it and it happened the way it was it was supposed to happen. So I'm completely ecstatic about my choice as a relate because there's gonna always be so many different things that sway us, sway the, the way we view things. So of course there's gonna always be that. So that's that's but I understand both perspectives um on, on what they deem to be important. Thank you, Coach R. Obsidian, can you give us a concise, brief uh, response, and then we'll move the panel along and come back and, and circle yeah. back around, of course. Yes. Two two points. The question was, how do we know what black men's standards are? That they're, that they're the lowest, and who has the highest, and so forth. That's a fair question. I don't want to belabor the... that. I can answer the question, but I don't want to belabor the point because of this. There was no need to bring up black men in a question that says, is there hope for black women? There was no need to even to refer to black men at all. But I see the reason why it was done, because that way it assuages a lot of black women who have indicated. Since we're going to go by business principles, we're going to deal with market research here. Over the last eight months, we have all witnessed. Black women, night after night after night, to this day, on two platforms now, YouTube and Instagram Live, say that they want a brother that is indeed a high-value man. They don't want just a good brother. They've said it. I didn't say it. It's not about what I believe. It's what I and everybody can hear and see every single night. I have no problem with that. None. I have no problem with what black women want. The question becomes is what they want looking for them. And that brings us back round robin. Whether or not you're good enough for someone else is irrelevant because, ladies, you have said what you want and it ain't that. So no matter how you slice it, you still got to come back and look at that mirror. And, you know, the mirror can be pretty unforgiving, especially if you're a woman. Now, I didn't make those rules. I didn't make the rules. And we can go and play, you know, whack-a-mole with what high value means. Ladies, you know exactly what it means because you show us every night. So we can stop with all the other stuff. You want what you want. I'm good with it. Do you measure up? It really is that simple. And if you don't, what are you willing to do to make it happen. I mean, let's, let's just get right to it. Are you willing to do those hit workouts? Are you willing to go plant-based? Many, many sisters have to. For the record, I am. Are you willing? I get up at 4 a.m., 4 hit the pavement, and I'm 52 and disabled. For the record, are you willing to, you know, make a trip to Dr. Miami? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, now the, the rubber is hitting the road. And now that the conversation has begun in earnest, I see we want to do this retrenchment to what black men ain't doing or, or what is he talking about or, or just find somebody that's good for you. We're past all of that. We're past that. For some people, they're still trying to catch up. Um, oh, yes. So, oh, yes. To, to, to wrap up, yes, there is hope for black women. Yes. 
but they got to be willing to take a hard look in the mirror to get what they have said they want. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate you. We want to want to dialogue about it, but we got to get some other comments in from um, some of the other guests on the panel. Uh, was it Dennis that was next or Wallace, Danny? It was Dennis. Um, and then Nuradine. Uh, go ahead, Dennis. What are your comments on the topic or anything you've heard thus far? All right. What's up, Sister Joyce? C. Rose, how y'all doing? Hey, Great. Dennis. Hey, uh, so firstly, uh, before I get into it, I just wanted to uh, apologize if I came off a little bit uh, brash on the last panel. To be honest, I was just like, you know, getting tired of the whole colorism argument and stuff like that. So um, no apology no, needed. We, we, no, no apology needed. We all, you know, have things that we get passionate about or get tired of hearing. So, you know, it's all good. You know, we're like family. It's, it's, it's cool. Right, right. So uh, I, I kind of got a lot to say. So um, uh, with, with Paco, you know, with Brother Paco, there were some things that I've been hearing that uh, frankly have been not not concerning, but it just seems like there's just different perspectives. So um, if I actually heard you correctly, Brother Paco, um, you made a statement that said that uh, all Black women are good enough, something to that effect. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's 100 percent right. They are good enough. Right. So I just have a question for you, sir. Um, if that's the case, then based on the statistics, why is that only 20 percent of them will ever? Before you say based on the statistics, what statistics and where did you get these statistics from? Um, well, I mean, so wait a minute. Let me interrupt real quick. Um, people in the chat are saying that they can hardly hear you, Dennis. So if you can speak up just a bit. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, I think that's perfect. OK, OK, sorry. Well, well, the statistics are on uh, uh, blackdemographics.com. And so that, that's one of the things that, uh, like, you know, was, was very interesting because, um, to be honest, in my opinion, I think maybe a lot of, a lot of other uh, men think this is the, basically in the United States, the, the highest honor that you can actually grant a woman is actually being uh, married to a husband. So it's interesting that um, Brother Paco said that. But then if you look at the stats, the stats don't bear that out. So that's just something that I was just thinking about that was kind of interesting. Listen, Dennis, um, real quick, real quick. When did we agree that getting married to a man was the highest honor? Isn't the highest honor something you, you choose for yourself? Like, so you're telling me that, that, that being married to someone, just a random person, is more honorable than becoming president? I, I'm confused on this. This, this. That, to me, makes no sense. So the highest honor what is I getting mean, married, what I mean, in your opinion? What, what I mean is the highest honor for a woman is to reproduce and start a family. Because that's our bond. According to who? According to who? The richest black woman in America is Oprah. I don't think she agrees with you. And she's the richest okay. black woman in America. But, 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 but. And she's Paco, still single. One at a time. Okay, we got to have order on the panel, one at a time. But, but, Brother Paco, here's the thing. In uh, a lot of the examples that you're using, you're using the exceptional top 1% of people. You, you, you refer to Oprah. You refer to uh, another reference that you made was the, the top 10 richest females in the world. I, I get that, but again, those are exceptions. What, what what things? What we keep doing in the black community is we keep looking at rappers and athletes. We look at the very very exceptional people and we use them as examples. We cannot do that. We need to look at the average ordinary person. So that's all I gotta say about that. Um, another thing too is is uh, I believe Brother Paco was saying this uh, at the beginning of the stream is uh, something along the lines of like, you know, when we when we think about sort of relationships and marriage, particularly marriage, we need to look at it as more of like, uh, for example, a business, am I correct? Sort of like we should approach it more business-like. Um, 
the problem with that, Brother Paco, is is the current landscape is totally different. Like, you know, most women aren't dating. Um, you, you know, they're not choosing their partners. They're not choosing their one night stands. They're not choosing their long term boyfriends based off of um, or, or a lot of times even their husbands. This is the reason why you don't see a lot of women getting married or a lot of women are getting married. I actually just went on a date with two women who are 37, 38 years old, corporate white women. And they're still and they're saying, like, you know, oh, I'm still looking for the right partner and stuff like that. My, my point is, is this is the current landscape is totally different because you're most women, when they're dating, they're not looking at it in a logical sort of space. They're looking at they're they're, they're filtering guys. They're filtering who they date through their emotions. So coming to a woman with sort of like a more of like a business sort of we can approach our relationship or our marriage this way. A lot of times it's not going to work because the dating marketplace since is um, like, you know, essentially deregulated, it's going back to the the most alpha, the most masculine men, the most men with the muscles are getting the most women. So all I'm trying to say is, is, is just like, it seems like that's more of like a, an old school, um, outdated version of the dating sexual marketplace. Okay. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, we want to go ahead and move the panel forward. Thank you for your commentary, brother. Uh, who was next? Was it Nuruddin? Yes. All right. Nuruddin, what are your comments and thoughts on the topic or what you've heard? Well, I mean, is there hope, like you said, is there hope for Black women? Kind of, but they have to take a look at themselves. Because um, remember, we had, for the past couple of, past couple of months, that a lot of sisters are saying they want a high value man no matter what. They're not looking at the 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 guy in the middle, the guy who makes, you know, a decent wage. They're not looking at that, right? So again, are they willing to put in the work to get that high value man? Or and furthermore, is that high value man looking at you? If he if he's looking at you with all of these, um, I don't want to say anything wrong or mean if he's looking at you with all these liabilities that you bring to the table and you're trying to get a high value man that that's not going to work i mean i'm trying to give the sisters hope and i, I want to give the sisters hope but at the end of the day they have um made themselves so almost toxic to the point where even the high value men don't, even the regular normal guys don't want to deal with them. Now, if they were to take a look and try to correct a lot of things that that could be done, you know, not go out with Pookie and Ray Ray, not have kids out of wedlock, not, uh, you know, get, you know, to a certain poundage to where almost you need a wheelbarrow, you know, that could work. And they got to lose that attitude. The attitude is so bad that nobody wants to deal with them. So if they could do things like that, yeah, they could they could and stay away from the the the, the negative women that are giving them the negative advice. You know, stay away from them. Mm. You know, be more be more uh, um more more submissive, be more kind, you know you know, don't listen to the bad advice, you know, you know, get away from bad, bad influences. You know, if you got a good man, he may not be the six figure man that you that you want. 
But if he's in the middle class making middle class money, you know, which is more important? You know, the guy, you know, six figures with the with the strong jawline who's gonna leave you for somebody else? Or is it gonna be that middle of the road guy who loves you no matter no matter what and that will, you know, take on some of the most dangerous things and the most dangerous jobs <laughs> to to get to that, to get to that six figure uh that six figures. You know, the guy who will go out there and sacrifice for his family. You know, don't look for the good time. Look for the long time. But the reason why a lot of times these, these women don't want it is because, you know, it's it's they have to sacrifice. They want a ready-made, already pre prepackaged thing. And it goes back to what Kevin Samuels was doing with with um Miss Jessica, Miss Average at Best. She kept saying she wants a high value man no matter what. And he said, listen, you have all these things that are against you. You know, what high value man is going to take that on? You know, but she still kept going and a lot. And, a, and we see it night after night after night in real time. It's not like, you know, with these videos that Kevin Samuels have that um, that these women aren't, aren't, aren't fake. These are not like fake people. These are real people calling in in real time demanding a high value black man and that's not happening so you know uh, you know th there could be some hope if they just change up what they're doing now i'm not saying to them get with you know you know the bum or the loser i'm not saying that what i'm saying is if you got a guy who's not only in a trade but he's doing well and he's doing well and he's and he's putting he's putting time effort and money into into making it work, you stay with that guy. You know, if he if he's not as long as he's not putting his hands on you, he's not, you know, making you, you know, feel bad, then that that's great. But if you dismiss that guy, don't come back after four or five or maybe ten years with a kid and then say you want that that middle of the road guy. It doesn't work. Don't come back after your life has been destroyed. Okay. That's okay. Well nerdy Thank you for your comments. Um, yeah. I, 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 I um, there's some exaggeration when we use like examples talking about black women having to be pushed in wheelbarrows and all this type of nonsense. No, I'm, I'm just making a like joke. You're exaggerating your point, but I think I'm that a joke. like my concern is that there's so much focus on what the black woman is doing wrong, and there's uh, you know, and, and so little focus on any kind of areas of opportunity that the black man has. I think that there are opportunities within both groups collectively, um, you know, that that we should be focusing on and working on. And um, yeah, that's just my two cents. But I will. Uh, can I respond to that? Uh, Nerdy, we want to move the panel along, but we'll have a chance to dialogue because you know we have some time constraints. But um, oh, the oh. nurse and the nerd, I want to get her in here, and then we also have BGS on the panel. So, uh, nurse and the nerd, what are your comments regarding what you've heard so far on the panel? Hello, how's everyone doing this Sunday? We're great. How are you? How are you? Great. Thanks for asking. Um, the comments, like, honestly, I got married when I was like, what, 20, 24. Um, and it wasn't until getting on social media, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but apparently it seems to be a lot of people are kind of not, this is kind of weird. But the only thing I'll say is, if I could add into anything, um, one thing Obsidian said, I actually do agree with, you have to be realistic, um, like, 
on both ends. I went before we got married or whatever, you have to date around. And by dating around, I do understand some people kind of get it confused with being sexually active with all these people. You're not supposed to date people, get to know what you do or don't like. And even with that, you get to know your own self, what you do and don't like about like different attributes about yourself. I know all of us like to think that we're all perfect, but there are, you know, different things that really are not, you know, so good. And also too, as far as when it did come time to, okay, like we're going to get married, there were some stipulations that he wanted and I wanted as well. I know it's going to sound like very superficial, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. I do not like big guys. So it's like, all right, well, as we get older, I don't expect you to get fat. Like I still want the abs. And it was the same way with me. So he's oh, like, well, okay. I don't want somebody to be fat either. So I'm like, all right, well, cool. I got to make sure that I keep up with working out things like that. Yeah. So again, those are the type of things that I was not, I did not want, you know, and he didn't want somebody that looks a certain type of way as well. So also with that too, it is the, the aspect of, I also want to know, like, like you guys said, you do have to just better up, like better yourself throughout the years. I'm not the same person I was when we were married. Neither is he. It's always self-improvement, self-reflection, because again, you are going to spend the rest of your life with that person. I would imagine that I'm not the same person that you married before, like on the negative you know, side. And then just like overall, just improving yourself. But just to the question there, there is, yes, there is. Um, I do believe that, you know, black women definitely have the opportunity of being married if that's what they choose to do. But in reality, just make sure you improve yourself and are open to conversations of improvement or, you know, things of that sort. I don't know. So, yeah. Just hope Thank you. <laughs> um, we appreciate you coming up and it's always good to hear from you. Thank you for your comments. Um, I don't think that that was, I, you know, I thought that that was a pretty fair thing to go into the marriage and both of you all were on the same page as it relates to making sure that you, you know, um, maintain a certain um, physical appearance there. I don't see anything wrong with that. I've seen people with very trivial, minute things that, you know, they're, they're holding on to and they won't let go. And sometimes that's a hindrance for them when they get into relationships. But thank you for your comments. We want to give BGS an opportunity to chime in. I'm sorry, before that, I want to also thank uh, Danny for the super sticker. Thank you, boo. Uh, I thought it was broke for a second, but thank you. We appreciate it. Ah. <laughs> hey, BGS. Um, yeah. Hey, BGS. Yeah, I came here to say fuck Obsidian. Obsidian, you a little bitch. Fuck you. Fuck you. Obsidian, you a hoe. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> okay. Well, that's oh, that was that troll. Yeah. That was yeah. the troll account sure. that, that comes in. Um, last week it was somebody else they came up here as. I can't even remember who it was, but <laughs> whoever it is has a problem with obsidian. So, yeah. And they um, actually sat here and waited like for, for 45 minutes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, they waited wow. like 45 minutes. <laughs> trolls Amazing. will be trolls. <laughs> so. Black wizard came back on the panel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Obsidian, clearly that's one of your groupies. So yeah. that was a groupie for real. Wow, that was crazy. Who yeah. knew? Um, okay, Black Wizard, what are your comments on the topic? Trying to redirect it back on track. Uh hmm. I kind of um uh, I kind of lost the uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he threw 
goes for a little Matthew. But if not, <laughs> well, we actually sat over there and waited for 40 <laughs> I mean, really, if he wanted to be disruptive, he should have just, yeah, you don't have to be um, respectful to be disruptive. So we will. I want to address something. Yeah. We want to give our host an opportunity then to chime back in, and then um, we'll see if anyone else has any questions. Go ahead, yeah, Paco. You can start off. Okay. So, um, Mr. Dennis was. Sorry, was, I meant our guest. But go ahead. Sorry. I no problem. You, you ladies are the host. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Dennis had had made some points that I, I was really concerned about. So I, I did learn from him that there's this uh, BlackWomenStatistics.com, and I've been reading it over. And in the meantime, thank you for sharing that. But what that website doesn't tell you is a lot of what uh, Mr. Dennis had had addressed or had brought up. The website tells you who's married and how and what's the population. And you don't need a dot com website for that. Most of us who do research go to dot org websites for population information. So I didn't learn anything outside of the population information from that website. Now, what people do is go to websites like blackwomenstatistics.com and extrapolate. So I'm fine with the facts, the population information, who's married, who's not married, uh, who graduated college, who, who graduated high school. That's fine. But the extrapolation is where my objection comes from. You cannot extrapolate from blackwomen.com the standards that black men have. So I'm still black, waiting for it's, someone it's, to tell it's, me. It's black, blackdemographics.com. I just want to make that correction. I'm sorry, demographics. I'm sorry. When you pull it up, it says black women. Cause I click the black women. I'm sorry, black demographics. But you can't. You 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 don't. Your extrapolation from that website has no empirical value. That is just your extrapolation. And I'm fine with anyone's extrapolation. I'm fine with anyone's opinion based on some statistics. What I'm objection to is the uh, is the admit you're being subjective. Admit it's your opinion. Don't try to pretend that there are facts of things that you're talking about that don't exist in your opinion is what us honest people say. In my opinion, I feel this based on something that I read in these statistics. There are still no statistics. I think Ms. Obsidian came up with this statistics on black men's standards. There are no such statistics. There's no such thing. Sir, what you said? I cited no such statistics. You st I, know, I know you didn't, but I asked you, where did you get the statistics for black man standards to say that black men have the lowest standards? You or Mr. Dennis, you guys are suggesting that you know this is something empirical. You can't possibly know that. And to and well, just well, be I'll honest and say, I don't know it. How do I'll you know black men? I'll, I'll answer your standards. question. I'll, no, I'll answer. I, don't give me a long answer. Just tell no, me, I'll how answer. could you know it? I'll answer your question. I'm listening. Right. Okay. So, as I've said previously, I'll concede the point. But then in conceding the point, sir, there was no need for you to make any recourse to black men at all because the, the question on the table is about black women. So there's no thank need. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So, so you there's admitting no that you don't know what you're talking about, which is what I said. Thank you. No, I don't know. He, he, no, 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 no. Hang on. No, thank you. I, I was making a point and you admitted your point. I don't need you to keep going. I don't need you to keep going. Allow him to finish and then we'll let you respond. Go ahead. Thank you. So, so, and so you all heard of sitting admit he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's making up something to give himself credibility and that's fine. I was just trying to see if that was the case instead of assuming that I was correct. There are no statistics or there's no way for anyone to know what quote unquote black men's standards are. 
each of us have a right to choose our own standards. Because we can choose our standards, no one can say if women are within our standards, we will choose that. And if at best, you can interview a ton of people and get their own standards, but there's no standard black man standard for, for women, be it black women, right. Asian women, or any other kind of woman. So we right. all the can, pocket, this. And, and, and to follow up, yes, sir. May I, may I, I Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I just got one thing to say, but here's the thing, Paco. What you're saying doesn't really make any sense because if 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 every if 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 you're saying that every black woman is good enough, then why aren't more of them married? You can't say that, and then they have the lowest rates of marriage. That doesn't make any sense. That's just that's like, a misnomer. I read no, a study from thank you. Thank you. Study from of black women that are of marrying age thank are you. married. Thank you. This the, I'm not the one making stuff up. You guys are making up things that I'm don't gonna exist. I'm going to find the link and put it in the chat. Even, but but hold on. Let me uh, thank you, ma'am, uh, sister. But but let's just give you that. Let's just say that black women are the lowest group of marriage. I just want to clear this up for everyone listening. Being married is not the most important thing you do in your life. We're on here talking about relationships and some people goal is to get married at the end of their relationship. You can't tell the people whose goal is not to get married, who just is a goal to have a date or to But, date but here's the thing, here's the thing. I didn't say that. I said, I know you I did. Said, what I'm I said not was, you did. Hold on. I didn't accuse hold on. What you. I said was, Let, what I said was, time, was as a woman, the most important thing that you can do is start a family. And I reject that. Do you and many women reject that. You disagree you with me on that? Women, that is subjective. Women what's the most important thing for them? A woman gets to choose for herself what is most important to her. Oprah decided that the most important thing for her to do is make the world's, to make the, 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 the biggest African American media network. You can't tell her, no, Oprah, your media network that reaches billions of people isn't really that big of a deal. What you should do is have kids. If you did tell her that, you would sound like an idiot. Anyone who suggests that sounds like an idiot. Each person so, gets to choose for Paco, themselves. Paco, hold on one second. Paco, let's let's refer, let's be respectful because we don't want to completely. I mean, it's okay to discount what someone is saying, but we don't want to uh, cons call them an idiot or you know um, yeah, in, insinuate oh, no, no, that no, no, they're good, dumb because Ms. they have Rose, a difference of opinion. Right, you are absolutely so, right, Miss Rose. I didn't call them an idiot. I'm saying the the I know, the but phrase, I don't, but. but, but you're correct. I apologize. I'm not calling anyone names. I'm letting people know what sounds absurd, what we shouldn't say. If we're going to have an intelligent conversation, then we have to have an intelligent conversation. We can't both have an intelligent conversation and pull things out of our butt and say just idiotic things. Let's oh, be respectful. Okay, so this is what we'll do. Hold on, guys. We're going to have Paco complete finish his point, and then we'll have um, Obsidian respond, and then I want to hear from Coach R, and um, I see Miss J and Jack uh, uh, joined us. So go ahead, Paco. I'll let you finish your point, and then Obsidian, you can go after that. I, I will finish with saying each person gets to choose their own career field. Each person gets to choose what's most important to them, and other people shouldn't be telling them what's most important. I'm, I know Oprah's one rare example, but then again, Madam C.J. Walker was the first one. So we don't have to act like it's all really rare. Rihanna is rare the richest. So we, that's fine. But there are many rare examples. Each of us have something special and we can choose for ourselves. You can't choose for someone else and then judge them on something for you. You can maybe raise your children. I'm raising my children to be more like Oprah than I am to be like a, 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 a married woman having kids. That's my choice, no, and that's my but, but Paco, choice. Here's the thing, you're missing my point, Paco. You're missing my point. I wasn't saying that. I'm okay. Okay, so we'll go there. What's the biological role of a woman? 
Biology. There is no biological role of a woman. Each person gets to do what they want. There's no biological role. We're not. They're not robots. They're people. They're women who don't have children, so, like Oprah, who are valuable to so, society. What does that even so, mean? So, biological so the biological. Role? But last time I checked, the biological role of a man is and a woman is to create a child and bring forth the next generation. Sure, that was fifty thousand years ago. But now in two thousand twenty-one. Many people don't have children. That's why less people are having children. The planet almost has 8 billion children. Do we still need people to primarily focus on having children or can we do other things now? I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say oh, is, yeah. is if people uh, stop having children, society would stop. That's why it's the most important biological. That's why it's, that's why it's the most important role of human beings is to. It used to be, sir. 10,000 years ago, but now the planet has almost 8 billion people, we can move to other primary tasks, other primary goals. It is no longer the primary goal of a man or a woman to procreate. It has long stopped being that primary goal. So your point has no, it, 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 it doesn't have any value if we move past that. I'm saying we have moved past that. Whether we want to or not, the planet does have a limit of people we can put on there. You know, I, I want to say this because I don't want to get too hung up on this point and I, because I know we have people that haven't had an opportunity to speak. Um, as an objective person, I understand the point that both of you are making. Like, you know, um, both of you have valid points. Both things can can be valid and, and exist. Um, I understand Paco's point, but to Dennis's point, you know, uh, in order to maintain a civilization, women have to have babies. So I get it from both perspectives. And um, I think that that you guys are just so caught up on your individual points that you're not open to hearing what the other is saying. But I wanted to uh, allow Mumia an opportunity to speak and then we want to get Coach R in here. Thank you. Um, okay, so it's not that I can't answer the question. I can, but just like you said, Concrete Rose, I don't want to get bogged down into a digression that really doesn't have anything to do with the question on the table. And I agree with you, C. Rose, you know, if you're all right, if you're if your approach towards your interlocutor is to call them names, even once removed, then you your argument is not that strong. You don't need to do that. As a matter of fact, in formal debates, you do something like that, you automatically lose. So my thinking is this: look, I don't say, and I said this before, I'll reiterate. If the question on the table is, is there hope for black women? Bringing up black men in terms of, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not thus and so, then you're in no position to talk about black women. What does that have to do with the question? Whether it's true or not, what does that have to do with the question on the floor? Is there hope for black women in terms of getting relationships? I answered the question directly. I said, yes, there is. However, Black women need to be brutally honest with themselves. I then cited, and here for Mr. Paco and anyone else, I then cited information, eight months worth of nightly footage of real-time, live, long-form conversations with black women night after night after night on two platforms. Now, YouTube and Instagram. I am listening to what black women say they want. It's interesting to know if Mr. Paco is. I'm listening to what black women say they want. They say they want a brother that's earning six figures. 
They say they want a brother that pays all the bills. They're saying it. I'm not saying it. And nor do I have a problem with it. I got zero problem with that. None. The question now becomes, are they who the brothers who do make that kind of money and the brothers who are willing to pay all the bills, are they who they want? That is the question. And that's a question that I've yet to hear Mr. Paco directly address. Again, the question on the table is, is there hope for black women? Not is uh, a, are black men who don't make the cut should be talking. If we're going to do this as intelligent people, the first thing we can do is actually address the actual question and not make all these other extraneous uh, uh, statements that have nothing to do with the question. And my answer is informed by real-time data eight months going as we speak. That's it. Thank you, O. Appreciate you. Um, Coach R, what are your thoughts on anything that you've heard or, you know, anything that you want to comment about the topic? Um, uh, you know, again, everybody's going to have their different perspectives based on where they are, what their experiences are. There's a whole, as I said before, you know, there's 30 years of, of you before you ever get here. And this is my first time hearing uh, most of everybody what they're saying but but our perspectives do shape our reality regardless if they're based on statistics or not uh we, we look for what we what we want you know at the end of the day so for me again until until that's understood black woman black man whoever until it's understood what i want and why i want it then then the results that i'm getting whether or not they're happening i have to i have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what it is that i want and why it is why it is that i want it uh but in in terms of the question and in terms of um everything that we're talking about everything that, that we're discussing i think again like I, I i work with a lot of black women and there's a lot of trauma a lot of uh things that have happened that they're not even aware of and and a lot of times when you're not aware of the the things that shaped you and made you the person that you are, it becomes very difficult to understand why you want what you want. Like a lot of the times, you know, like again, these phrases and uh, buzzwords that we use, they're, they're, they they get our attention and then we start, they give us something to consider. And nine times out of 10, we consider things that other people consider. We like things that other people like. And, but again, every, every layer adds to, adds to it and then when you come when you do meet somebody now they have to peel back all the layers of what you decided that you like and it becomes a muddled experience so at the end of the day i think you know i think it really just boils down to the individual what you're looking for the individual man again and the individual woman that you find yourself attracting and you find yourself dealing with and you know taking a real step back and looking at who you are looking at why you're attracting the type of experiences that you're attracting if you don't like it then it's time to reevaluate and that's why these conversations are, are are good they give you something else to think about but again a lot of people we go we go so hard on these these buzzwords and these these popular sayings and popular things that we really we really get persuaded into something that we don't even really necessarily want so that's what i wanted to say 
Thank you, Coach R. Um, definitely agree with um, what you're saying and just kind of speaking to like the heart of it. I mean, we can focus on the stats. We can focus on, you know, uh, this report and this article, you know, but like really and truly like at the crux of it, we're all people that are trying to make it. And I think it's, imp that's why I think it's important to identify the areas of opportunity on both sides as opposed to uh, using stats to kind of, um, to 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 support whatever your talking point is and minimize any accountability on the side or the, the group in which you belong. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for those comments. I wanted to allow Miss J an opportunity to get in here and then we'll hear from Jack Spades. Hello. Um, hey, I just wanted to, hey. Hey, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Great. Um, I just wanted to say, if the question is if there's hope for Black women, and if you're going by what we see with the Kevin Samuel show, night in and night out, and others like him, the answer is no, simply because the numbers aren't there. If your whole idea is, I can only be with someone who makes six figures, hate to break it to you, but um, in our community, well, in America, period, it's only 10% of the population. In our population, it's like 3%. So if all the women are going for 3% of the population, technically speaking, there is no hope because it's dumb. I don't care how fit you are. You can have zero kids, be a size six, have the fattest ass and the biggest titties and be have the nicest personality. All of those people are not gonna get 3% of the population. So if that's what the hope is, no. Period. And why we are going off of something just because a lot of people tune into a show, that doesn't make any sense. It's entertainment. It's not real life. Yes, there are Black women who do want that. I mean, there are also people across the world who want a Mercedes Benz, who want to live in a mansion, and want to live in Malibu. <laughs> Vast majority of the world don't live that way. So you can't make your whole basis of an argument on a fantasy. That doesn't mean that only 3% of the Black men are good. It doesn't mean that only a small percentage of Black women are good either. It's just you're going by a standard that honestly is just unrealistic. So why are we going off on this whole tangent as if somehow that applies to the vast majority of the world, which it doesn't? America's the richest nation, 10% make six figures. And Thank I, you, Miss J. Go ahead, Coach. No, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm frequently having these types of conversations where, you know, it, it's, again, we focus and we like what, what's popular. You know, it at least gives us something to think about. And it's it's, it's cool to have, you know, it's, there's something to talk about. Kevin Samuels is something to talk about. But again, there, there will be another version of whatever it is coming up in the next year or two. I mean, it, that's the cycle of life. Um, but we yep. get so caught up in all these these little things that we 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 lose ourselves in the process. And, you know, then we develop a whole ideology about why we're that way. But realistically, we're a lot of the times we're protecting um, what we don't know. At the end of the day, we're protecting what we don't know. And it and, and 
the rabbit holes the rabbit hole goes goes so far so if you're 50 years old you got 50 years of digging to do to get to a point to where you fully understand yourself not saying it'll take 50 years but you have to go back through all these years of all the things that have shaped you all the things that have persuaded you all the things that have moved you in certain places and you know it's it gets very convoluted but the way i like to do i like to keep things simple because it's easy to remember it's easy to 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 know what to do it's easy to to make the adjustments when you know it's just it's just a simple one two three thing that you have to do so for me it's really again understanding yourself understanding what influences you and understanding what changes you want to make based on what you want once you understand that and once you know which way you're going it's hard to be persuaded when you know what you're where you're going if i want to take a trip from georgia to california and i know that there's a a million dollars waiting it's going to be hard to get me to go to chicago if i know there's a million dollars waiting for me in california so being being focused on what what the outcome is and not being persuaded and understanding what it takes to get there i believe is the most important thing and why i believe and why i'm so ecstatic to be a married man because seeing the blueprint seeing someone who had an amazing marriage and uh, enjoying the process and then following the advice that he was giving me and, and taking it to heart and doing the things that were required i'm getting the results out of marriage it's not the only area of my life but it is, it is important to me so i definitely uh want to you know just just wanted to put that out there thank I you i think Coach people R. are just people no, are just I, getting I just, this Go ahead, Ms. J. I'll come after you. No, the same people are just get they're actually getting the whole thing backwards. The people who have six figures, they're already married. They're like in their 50s and 60s. They had a lifetime of marriage and, and having assets and all this other stuff. They don't wait till they're six figures and then they get married. That's actually ass backwards. You're not gonna have a high marriage rate if you do that. So people are watching this show and somehow thinking I'm calling in because I want a six-figure husband. No, you marry someone, you work together, and then you get the six figures if you're lucky. So the whole concept doesn't make any sense. So why are we all jumping off this bridge? It's like, hello, do you not see all the bodies below? Have you noticed that nobody's surviving? Maybe we shouldn't jump off this bridge. I was, Thank you, uh, Miss J. Six-figure um, earner. May I make a comment? Um, go ahead, and then we'll we'll get um, Jack Spade in here. And we we do have. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Before we do that, we do want to acknowledge the super chat from Ike. Um, I, I'm going to try to pronounce your last <laughs> name. I hope I don't butcher it. Is it Ojiamin? Um, Ike, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. That's super dope. He says, yo, Sister George, I saw y'all flying by last night. Nice formation. Thank you. We appreciate it. Ike, I'm headed to get me a new broom right now. (laughs) A new broom. Get one for me, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Definitely. Okay. I'm sorry. Who was that? Paco? Yes, ma'am. As a six-figure earner, I would like to say that the question keeps going back to something that we had talked about before. I guess people keep saying, uh, what is the term, a uh, high, high income earner or something that, that women want these high income earners and, and high value men, high value men is, uh, we weren't completely settled on this last time if high value means you, you're making over six figures, but whether it does or doesn't, as a six figure income earner, I have not been married the whole time I, I, I had six figures. So. Um, 
there but are you're rare. And, and I, well, I, I keep getting told that, but my my career field is filled with six figure income earners. And I understand the that. IRS says you're rare. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I respect that, man. But I, what I'm saying is I, I understand subjectively, right, from my perspective, I'm not speaking of uh, the whole country or anything. But I think it's I think it's fair that a person can set a goal to 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 be a part of a, a minority. I, I don't think that we as a society, I don't think that we as a community of black people should decide which ones of us should set that as a goal to either become a six figure income earner or to date a six figure income earner. I, I think it's very reasonable for a person to say that they want to be with someone who has a six six figure income and and once again it's subjective for me i'm in the field that i'm in and i see many uh black people see most of my coworkers um making that kind of money and i i, I don't knock an, i don't knock another person for trying to date them as as that foundation and 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 you know part of the, uh, well, like i said earlier i didn't marry my wife specifically for love or primarily for love but she has she's almost in a six-figure group so we'll be doing six figures together very soon and and that's because we have a certain standard of living that we want to achieve and and i think that you know maybe because i'm an immigrant and i'm coming to the richest country in the world from one of the poorest countries in the world and i'm thinking that if i come to the richest country in the world I want to live up to those standards and I don't want another person to lose that that vision or view because I think if I did it I don't think I'm some kind of special kind of person. I think anyone can set high standards for themselves and live up to those standards. And we should respect people who don't set those standards. If you want to have a six-figure income earner that you want to attach yourself to for the rest of your life, then don't give up on that ladies and gentlemen. If you don't want that, then other people shouldn't judge you or knock you. If you say, I just want a guy who's just working at a restaurant and that's fine with me, fine. You know, if, if you want, if you want a, a, a woman who's a teacher, fine. I, I don't, I don't know what's the, what's the, the debate about, you know, how, how other people pick who they want. Pick who you want. I, I don't think. You can also, always pick who you want. Right. But, but, but you can but, pick but, who you, you want. Know, the speaker was saying that the young lady can't get a six-figure income earner because she's not a 10. I, I fundamentally disagree with that. There are lots of, of, of six-figure income earners who don't have 10s. I see them. I work with them. Their wives aren't 10s. And so well, the majority of them don't. But I'm saying the people who don't, but the people who don't have six figures, just because they don't have six figures, people acting as if they're failures. They're calling in and clowning them. They're making a whole bunch of videos about how so-and-so was dusty, so-and-so was ugly, so-and-so doesn't qualify for a high-value person. I'm simply saying the numbers say the overwhelming majority of us don't. Absolutely. And I agree with that. That's my whole Just point. like somebody else said, like being average, being I think it was Paco, being average yeah, is normal. Mean. That's essentially like... I'm most Thank of you. us, most up. of us earn less than six figures. So, a person that earns less than six figures dating a person that earns less than six figures, typically, that's what you're going to see. Um, and to that a, point, and to that point, to close out my point, the question is: Is there hope for for black women? Of course, there are. One, hope is not something someone can take from you. People die with hope. You can always have hope. So, no one else can mm -hmm. tell you about your level of hope. And two. 
now that we've broken it down, multiple intelligent women just stated two seconds ago that average is average. Most of us are average. We don't need six figures. This comment about, well, you don't have a high valued man or you're not qualified to be with a high value. That whole conversation needs to be thrown in the trash. It doesn't matter if you're a black woman and if you get a six figure income earner. What matters is your goals for yourself, first and foremost, what career you want, where you want to live, what, what standard of living you have. And secondly, if your partner can compliment you in what you want and if you can compliment him in what he wants, just like a business. So we were saying, oh, six figure this, six figure that. If you want a six figure guy, fine, go get him. If you don't, fine, that's fine. There's always hope. There's more than hope. There are millions, hundreds of millions of black women who are married, happily married. And then there's hundreds of men who aren't and still are happy. I reject the concept that someone, anyone would say that a woman needs to be married. Women do not need to be married. They need to set their own goals. They need to have their own views, just like men. Think about this. How could we say that women need to be married, but we don't tell men that they need to be married? Who do we want the women to marry? Well, Paco, I want to get Jack Spade about some very good points. I think, first off, men are the ones who propose. So if women aren't getting that because men aren't proposing. I think that you can't say women aren't getting married without also assigning some accountability to men. But nonetheless, I want to get Jack Spades in here. But first, I want to thank Bap for the super sticker. Thank you, boo. We appreciate you. After Jack Spade, we are actually going to start the process of wrapping up and get final comments from everybody. Jack, what you got to say on the topic? Good. Uh, what is it? What time is it? Oh, Good, good late afternoon, everybody. Yo, yo, Obsidian, keep that snow up that way, man. We don't need that crap down here. He ain't even nowhere near it. All right. I think there is hope for black women when it comes to marriage or even a joint union. But the problem is it's a show of strength and independence to put stipulations on quid, quid pro quos and vote trade while vote trade while sharing a, a shared roof with a man. Now, as a formerly married man of seven years that came to an end for selfish reasons, I believe it's imperative for children to be raised and groomed in a dual parent household. But that requires more black women to look beyond the me and be online with the we. Uh, another point, uh, no one is asking black women to lower their standards, but they are being asked to be the standard that they demand of men. Prime example. Women demanded for a six-figure man, but she's damn near six figures in debt. That right there is nowhere near an equally yoked relationship. And my last point, there is no such thing as a high-valued man. You either have the value, you respect it, you put it to good use for yourself and, and the people within your inner circle, or you don't have that value or you squander it. Or you just ain't got the value that that the people within your inner circle needs. And that's my spill. Thank you, Jack Spade. Jack Spade, is something I appreciate about you. Your points are always so concise and, and direct and you, you you get right to it. And yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, know, we like the dialogue, too, though. Go, go ahead, Michelle. I really want to know, when did it become that Black women demanded six-figure men. I mean, I, I get the fact that we have people who call into the show. I get that. 
but they're like tens of millions of black women. But when do we decide? Straw man, straw man. Uh, Wait Ms. a minute. Jay, Let me just say can this. I, can I answer that? Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, and then, then, okay. I kind of feel like um, being that you have social media, um, social media is supposed to be a microcosm of real life. But what we do know as normal people is that um, people display what they want to be seen on social media. Um, and so when you have a bunch of people displaying everything that they want to be seen on social media, um, most people, well, I'm not going to say most people, but a lot of people will take what they see on social media as actual as it actually being real life, but most people don't display their bad. So when you have women saying that they want these high value men and everybody is saying that all women are saying that, or most black women are saying that, no, that's absolutely not true. But if you I have don't know one uh, in I real life, that? I don't can know I, one How in can real black life women be set, making that, that argument at the same time they're dating all the pookies and Ray Rays? Like exactly you can't have both. Reason. Exactly. I've never seen one person in real life, one black woman in real life say, I demand, I refuse to date any black man that does not make six figures. I've can never I, in my entire well, life. Woman's well, date, I, I think that saying, might be I your perspective. Jack, go ahead. Miss J, when was the last time you dated a, a woman from a from a male's perspective? Oh my god. I've never dated any women. I've talked certain, women. I've never dated any women. There are certain discussions <laughs> that women have with other women that is totally different than the discussion that they have with a man who they are sexually attracted in or the man is sexually attracted to them. But I thought we were sexually attracted to thugs. Which one? I mean, can we give... Now, this, this thing about this thing about the six-figure, I've been hearing that in Raleigh, North Carolina, and here in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, at least for the past ten years, every almost every okay. decade so that, right, that every every decade, it seems though the numbers go up and up as the women's debt go up also. So yes, but the I vast do hear, majority of Black women are not a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Uh, when was the last time, like I said, when was the last time you married or lived with a, a woman in a vast, sexual relationship? Okay, the, 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 the government keeps data so, on this stuff, folks. They keep data on this. I mean, why are we... You're going that, to the extremes again. The vast Ms. majority Jay, of right. black women are not $100,000 in debt. Okay. What I want to do what is... What a vast I, majority I, of women do have a high debt-to-earning ratio. Ms. Okay, J is so right. What I want to do is I actually we're going to allow people who want to answer that to do that in their closing because we want to go ahead and start the process to close it down. Um, we are going to start with Black Wizard. Black Wizard, you are free to answer the question and also give us your closing comments. Wait, what was the question? Ms. J, you want to rephrase the question? Yeah, I was just saying, when did it become a thing where black women as a collective, where we demanded that we're only going to deal with six-figure men? I mean, because no. before we were just into Pookies and Ray Rays and the bums. And then it's like a, a switch flip. And I'm like, when did this happen where all of a sudden we went from the guy who couldn't keep a job, who just got fresh out of jail, tattooed up, you know, crip member bank robber 
and all of a sudden now we only want six figure guys. When did when did this Miss Jay? You said Crip member like it's the AARP. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's what the story was. We only want the guy fresh out of jail. He's a gang member. And now it's like, no, we just want the six figure. It's like, when did that change? When did we when did we all of a sudden want that? Is what I want to know. How did well, that happen? My, my, I mean, so we're gonna let Black Wizard answer that first okay. in his closing, and then we'll allow everyone else the opportunity to answer that prior to giving us their closing comments. Go ahead, Black Wizard. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm probably not a very good person to ask this question, but um, I'm sure somebody else will do a very good job of answering it. Can I answer because- it so that I can close out? Uh, uh, go ahead, Nurse Miller. Okay. Well, again, thank you for having me on. Miss um, J, the only thing I'd say is just based off of me hanging around with all my friends in a major metropolitan area, unfortunately, just do the social media. A lot of people kind of make this as their real life. So again, instead of them dating and getting to know different people and based off of those values that may or may like, you know, match with them, they will then say, oh, well, this person isn't tall enough. This person doesn't have straight teeth. This person... Um, eyebrows are too thick. This person um, doesn't know how to dress. All kind of extra stuff that really add a sense of it. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to be all this extra picky and all this stuff that really can be changed, at a certain point, it kind of gets to the point where you're just going to be by yourself. But listen, I am a millennial. I am married to a Black man that is wonderful. And listen, guys, there's hope for us all. Just work on yourself. Work on your being, and you'll find whoever you need to find. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a great Sunday. Thank you so much, Nurse and Nerd. And if you guys don't know, Nurse and Nerd also has a YouTube channel with her husband. Um, Please uh, drop the Nurse and Nerd's link in the chat so you guys can go and subscribe to her. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We appreciate you. you. I want to send a shout out to Leo Anthony. He says, Ms. J, to answer Ms. J's question, they never said six figures per se, but a lot of black women want to live that rich Hollywood lifestyle. Guess how much money you're going to need for that. Thank you so much for the super chat, bro, Leo Anthony. Um, Next, Black Wizard, uh, do you have any final comments? Sure, I'll go. Um, I would never... Uh, put myself in a position to pursue to presume what other people want out of their life. But I'm also, uh, I also wouldn't put myself in a position to, uh, I guess, insinuate that I know the complexities of uh, somebody uh, of any individual's, uh, you know, thinking process. Like, I think, I think uh, on the one hand, we can look at, you know, uh, I guess broad swaths and generalizations, and then extrapolate um, what we think, uh, uh, you know, is a meaning from from that data that can be relatively close to an actual objective truth. But I also think that, um, and like an individual can believe in conflicting can believe in conflicting principles. So like. A person can say, you know, for instance, let's use black women in this example, just because that's what we're talking about. A black woman could say, um, I only want to, you know, take I only take a six figure man seriously, but I and also date P 
people who are not six figures. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to put my I'm not going to put myself in a position to say that you know those two things can't exist at the same time. I, I agree with a lot of uh, what Paco was saying in the in regards to how um, you know a lot of people I guess read into the data. They see a data point and then they kind of read into it a lot more than what is actually presented in the in the statistics. Um, like uh, they'll read that um, 80% of, you know, black women are unmarried or something like that. I, I don't know that that's true. I'm just throwing it out there. And then they'll say that, oh, that means they're unworthy of marriage. It's like the, in, the fact is, is still true, but the interpolation of what you've extrapolated from that fact is not. So, and, and, I, and I think that's, a, that's just what he was trying to say. Let's even, it's like, let's say that 80% of black women weren't married. That does not mean that they are unworthy of marriage. You, you, and you cannot put yourself in a position to make that kind of claim. I do think there is hope for black yeah. women. Uh, Cause like Paco said, hope is, hope is. So, you know, it's going to be around and people have it till they die. It's up to you what you have hope in. I love it, Black Wizard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I could not agree with you more. <laughs> I'm on the same page. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming up and chiming in and giving us your commentary. Um, as always, we appreciate you. Um, next, we will have Jack Spade, if you can give us your final commentary, as well as if you would uh, like to elaborate more on Miss um, J's question. I think you pretty much answered it, though, from your perspective. All right. Uh, wish everyone a, a safe and prosperous week. Uh, my answer to that, 13 different cities, six different states I've lived in. I, I was only married for seven years. And that's not a long period of time when you're talking about someone that's you know, damn near 56 years old. And as my income went up, I never made six figures, but I, I got damn close to it. But once the income started going up and I started meeting and dating and sexing <laughs> women of, uh, I guess you would say, upper income brackets, the demands were getting crazy and getting crazier. So when people say, oh, uh, there's not a lot of women that's carrying debt, once you throw in car payments, credit cards, what I call, um, uh, oh, shit. I forgot the I forgot the term, but the that uh helping a boyfriend get a car, helping a boyfriend do this, helping your mama do this, and 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 the mortgage, that though that debt starts climbing higher and higher and higher. So when someone says, Well, my friends and people I know that's not that's not saying that stuff, yeah, you're hearing that you're hearing them talk from a female perspective, but when us dudes get with these women and start talking to them about the future and stuff like that. We start hearing about all the damn debt and all the craziness that goes on. So I think it's unfair for women to say, well, my friends don't say, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard my friends say that my, my sister hasn't said anything like that. You're, you're hearing things from a totally different perspective as a woman hearing other women talk about different things, but everybody stay warm, especially y'all folks up in the East coast, be safe. Take care. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, Mr. Darku, uh, I don't think you even had a chance to an opportunity to speak on the topic. So if you want to tell us what you thought of the topic or anything that you heard, and if you'd also like to answer the question, uh, all wrapped into your closing comments. 
Uh, good day, good day, everyone. Yes, um, unfortunately, I, I I didn't get the bell, so I came in at the um at the end. But I definitely did it. I definitely did it. I definitely did want to answer the question if there was any hope, and I like to say equivocally, no. There is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely no hope for black women um, in America. Um, the hope is dried up, it's gone away, it's it's over. So um, you can call it karma, you can call it, you know, just uh, the nature of the environment. Um, life is real simple, evolution is real simple. It, um, it's not about being the, the biggest, it's not about being the strongest. Um, the, 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 the creatures that are able to survive um, into the future are the ones that are able to adapt. And unfortunately, uh, black women are the velociraptors, they're the T-Rexes, they're the dinosaurs. They, they are unwilling to adapt. Um, and a, an, a, an asteroid has already hit, and, and it's, it's extinction time. It's extinction level event time. The only reason why um, these conversations are still going around is because my generation, Generation X, is still, you know, is still hoping and praying and, and trying to do the talking. The millennials are gone. Generation Z is gone. The only people that are in these spaces that are still talking and even still still giving, you know, black women any type of hope or any type of conversation, you know, are the Generation X's and the Kevin Samuels of the world. But all the younger, all the younger dudes, they're not even it's not you're not even on their mind. You're not even on their mind. By the time they hit high school, they're, they're they've already moved on. They don't even want to deal with you, you know, because because they live in the house with you. They live in the house with their mothers, with their aunts. So nobody needs to teach them anything. These children already know because they because they've they've seen it from the moment they were six, seven years old. Just the environment and the nastiness and the backbiting. They they already see the situation where most of them don't know their fathers or they know their fathers and they see their mother, you know, keeping them away from their fathers. They see the child support. They see all that stuff. So trust me, children are very, 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 very smart. You know, what I mean, I, I knew I, I knew I wanted to be away from my mother by the time I was eight years old. By the time I was 10 years old, I, I, I already picked up th the situation that happened because being with her, if I had my choice and I had to go to court, I would have chose my father over my mother. You know what I'm saying? Because she was she was strong, independent. You know what I mean? Black woman that didn't need no man, headstrong, always wanted to always want to fight, always want to argue. She always had to have her way, always had to have the last word. Me li me living in the house with her, I wanted to, I, I wanted to leave her. But, but unfortunately, I was too I was too young. I didn't have any money, you know what I'm saying? And I couldn't leave. And unfortunately, because of the court system, my father couldn't come take me away. But trust and believe, if I would have gone to court and the judge would have asked me, who do you want to go with? I would, I would have said, let me go with my father. Why? Because my father is a PhD, Harvard graduate, from a PhD Harvard graduate. The man is a genius. If I was with my father, I would have not only gone to Harvard, you know what I'm saying, but I'll be in a completely different strata because he would have been there to mentor me and guide me. But because my mother had to had to have me and keep me away from him, guess what? I had to struggle through life. You know what I'm saying? I was a C student, but barely a B student because I didn't have the I didn't have the guidance of my father, who was a genius, Harvard graduate, you know, a financial economics on PhD. You know what I'm saying? Like like having the mentor, and I had to waste a whole lot of money. So to now I'm 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 going to be 40 years old in March. You know what I'm saying? I've wasted so much money because I didn't have the guidance of my father that I should have had because I had to go through all the trials and tribulations, all the struggles of making all these damn mistakes. You know what I'm saying? When I could have had a man to guide me and show me all the the, the all the landmines I, I could have avoided through my teenage years, my 20s, wasted all this all this money trying to build my businesses, and now that I'm finally at the level that I'm at, I've wasted 20 years. I've wasted 20 years 
by myself, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have my father around because my mother wanted to be a knucklehead. So guess what? I'm 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 generation X. The millennials already know what I know by the time they're 10 years old. Generation Z, they know from the moment they're, they're, they can talk. So trust and believe. Hope is the opioids of the masses. You're done. You are the dinosaur. You're done. Go, go, go to go, go to the go to the go to the Chad Wheelers of the world. Go to go to Zach, go to Zaddy, go to whoever you want to go to. You know what I'm saying? Be it become a lesbian, stay by yourself, but but guaranteed you it's done. Over. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? You can listen to all these simps, all these dudes out there trying to trying to talk and try to get some money out of you. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and, and try and try to you know placate you and try to give you all these hope. They all that all they're doing is just is just trying to butter you up so they can get your money. Trust me, they all know what's up. You know what I'm saying? For from all these dudes that are out here, that you know what I'm saying, that, that are going around, you know what I'm saying? Even Kevin Samuels, Kevin Samuels running the hustle. He knows it's over. You know what I'm saying? But but he's he's out there because you women, you 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 give your money to everybody. So why not? You know what I'm saying? He all he's doing is, is the is the Steve Harvey. You know what I'm saying? You, you get the money from these get the money from these broads, but he's just doing it from a different angle. Everybody's just trying to get your money, but trust me, it's over. Nobody wants you. The hope is done. You know what I'm saying? So do 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 it do with this information that you want to, but I guarantee you, it's a wrap. So that's all I got. Um, do you think there's hope for any other races of women? Any other races of women are not black women. So 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 they 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 already got their own problems, but trust me, it's not like black women. It's a wrap. It's over because you're uncovered. You don't want to listen. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody that can tell you nothing. Every other woman has somebody, has a man that, that that's able to guide them and tell them what and tell them what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? Asian women ain't worried about it because they got fathers that tell them what to do. Indian women, even white women. The black woman is the only one that, that is strong, independent, that don't need nobody. So guess what? You're gonna be out there by yourself. So enjoy. Oh boy. Well, that was a very robust response. Yeah, uh, definitely robust indeed. Mr. Darku, thank you so much for your comments. I could feel your passion through the screen. Um, definitely wish you would have got the chance. It makes no mistake. It makes no mistake. I, I, I love my mother. She was a great mother. You know what I'm saying? She's a master's degree, all that stuff. But I guarantee you, if I had a choice, I would have gone my father because I'll be light years ahead of where I am right now if I had his guidance. Because all she did was just feed me and be out there and just nag. She she had she did nothing to, to, to give me any kind of guidance of how to be a man. And and, and well, that's not and that's not saying she's a bad person, but she, she couldn't handle me. By the time I was 12 years old, I was I was running all over the place. I was bigger than her, taller than her. She couldn't Ms. do nothing with me. All she did was nag and just complain when I was in school, failing, doing anything I wanted to do. But I but I guarantee you, if my father was there, you know what I'm saying, and punched me in my chest. And, and sat me down. I was like, "Yo, you gotta do this, this, and that." Trust me and believe. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'd be, a, I'd be a Harvard graduate, PhD right now if I had my father in my life. I, I just have a question for you, um, and and this is uh, something that my mother taught me. Um, when you become an adult and you are caring for yourself and you're doing um, things for yourself, um you don't really get to keep blaming your parents for mistakes that you, you make as you become an adult. And especially um, with you being a man, what do you feel about that? No, no, I'm not saying like the, when it comes to me, like all the decisions I made, like I said, was were mistakes that I made. All I'm saying is that 
at the end of the day, children need guidance, especially men. So, so, so if, if a man is in a, is, you, you, you have, you have between the ages of 13 and 30, you know what I'm saying? To really get it in. If, if, if you want to be super successful um, af after that age, most men start, start becoming men usually after the age of 30. I, I didn't start like fixing my credit and doing all the things I needed to do until I was probably uh, um, over 33 because my testosterone slowed down. I wasn't worried about women. I wasn't worried about running around, running the streets, you know, you know, trying to go to the club and doing all that stuff. I really buckled down and focused. And, and for the past seven years, I've been able to fix my credit, you know what I'm saying, do all the things I needed to do. But most of the time, the 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 my cousins and other people that 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 had fathers with them, they were able to get that done by the age of 25. Why? Because they had that guidance and they had that help, and there was somebody that was there to tell them, like, yo. Don't do this because if you do this, this is what's going to happen. Why? Because I've been through that. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not it's not about it's not about it's not about blame. It's about the time. I wasted 20 years of my life just 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 going through the the valley of the shadow of death, not having no guidance. It's like it's like it's like going on a trip and having no map, or or like or like, or like you know what I mean, or like you're in, you're in the wilderness and you have somebody that's already been there, already been to the trail that could show you where to go. But then he's not around, so you're just walking around, just just trying to find your way, and, and, and instead of instead of taking you an hour, it takes you three days because you're just running around in circles. You understand? Can, what I'm ask, a question? Can I ask a question to Mr. Daku? No, no, no. I don't uh, want to talk to you, Daku. I don't want to talk to you, Baku. Come on, you're fam. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't be like that, bro. Come on. Don't be like that. Okay. 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 Um, it was a simple question. It was a quick question. It was a quick question. I just wanted to know since you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, 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 I want to hear the question myself, though. I, I want to hear the question. <laughs> I will gladly say it. I'm, I'm sorry that Mr. Daku, and he ran from me because last time he made the statement, uh, the last time I was on, I don't know, I missed it. I wasn't on every show. The last time I was on, he made the statement that every man deserves a virgin. And what I wanted to follow that up with was are those men who deserve virgins offering virginity to the women that they're getting with are they offering their virginity to the women or, or only the women required to be virgins and so he, he ran for me he didn't want to answer that and secondly he said today he said today that 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 his that he would have been better off with his father but he didn't elaborate on why his father didn't feel the same way enough to to come and guide him so that that's an important part of the story he left out if he knows that his father would have been such a great mentor to him uh, and he needed his father he didn't address why his father didn't agree. And, and, and I said that earlier, a lot of people are judging women for having children out of wedlock or, or, or having children, and we're leaving out who impregnated these women. So I'm confused. I like consistency. I like to look at both sides of the coin, and I don't understand any man who, who makes a comment, any person who makes a comment about a woman having to take care of a child as a single mom without addressing the man who let her be single. So that was those are my two questions. But a lot of the women well, of the younger yes. generation, they're actually not even having kids for that reason. So in a way, we are contributing Absolutely, to our own erasure. Absolutely. The younger generations are not You're having right. kids because they see the problems that it, that, that, right. that it happens. So it's like it's, it's solving well, itself. I don't want to start a new topic, guys. We actually want to move the panel along because of time constraints. So um dennis we're going to allow you to give us your commentary um and your final comments on the topic 
Yeah, so good conversation, everybody. Uh, so to answer Miss J's questions is is uh, Miss J asks, you know, why does it seem like every woman, or in particular every black woman, like you know nowadays wants a high value man, and it's really for two reasons. Um, the first reason is the fact that um, you know this is why we don't. This is why in society you shouldn't give a trophies to people who are in fifth and sixth fifth and sixth place like you know we've literally told every single woman well not every single woman not all 3.5 billion but we told so many women that they ha can have it all and literally women believe that women women literally believe that um they're entitled to um a 10 out of 10 guy who comes in on a horse and he like you know has a six pack like every woman believes this this is why most people aren't and in particular most women are holding off on marriage and doing that because they're waiting for the right guy to come along but two it's funny how nobody really thought about this and or maybe nobody's really said it is the reason why a lot of women are saying this is simply because this is a trend um kevin samuels just started a new trend with the whole high value that's, thing. I that's even, what i said i did say it's, that. It's, yeah it's a trend you know and i even and i even see dudes in the white manosphere talking about high value and stuff like that it's, it's really just a trend until the next trend comes on it's just like it's just like old school jeans who, that come back into fashion that's all it is it's just a trend and so most women are just riding the wave of oh okay high value that sounds good and then i mean and then if you look at the propaganda of it, it it's, it's great right it's a high value it's simple it's short it's a uh, it's it's shocking it's a catchphrase you know it, you know it's just a trend and and the reason and the last the last thing how you know how it's just a trend is the fact that women say that they want that but then they're dealing with poogies and ray rays. If they really wanted that, they would they wouldn't be dealing with the poogies and ray rays. So that's all it is. Like you know, to recap, giving giving people fifth and sixth place trophies. Um, no, you don't deserve to have it all. No, you're gonna have to make sacrifices. No, not every woman deserves a top ten or fifteen percent man. Two, it's a trend. That's what people are writing right now. And three, um, most women are saying one thing, but then they're doing another. So um, I think it was a great discussion. Um, peace everybody on the channel. And uh, I'm out. Really appreciate you, Dennis, even though you sounded a bit romantic. Always great to have you come up and share your thoughts and um Really appreciate your commentary. Um, next, Miss J, what are your final thoughts on the show and um, the 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 our guest? I just think this whole discussion that we're having in the many myriad ways that this comes about just goes to show that black women, please stop following certain talking points because at the end of the day, they don't make sense. You're going to end up on a yellow brick road to nowhere, on a hamster wheel that goes absolutely nowhere. Either way, the people who have these ideas about you, they're coming from places that have really nothing to do with you personally. They're dealing with their own issues, with their own family members, typically with their own parents. So trying to follow it, it just is mind numbing. It's silly. Just don't even get go there. You know, it's just... It's kind of pointless, basically. And what we're seeing now is the very same thing that you thought you were doing to show that your value was something. At the end of the day, you're right back where you started from, which is nowhere. You would have been better off. We would have been better off never even having this particular type of discussion. This whole thing about you're putting your own worth on what someone else deems a high value. 
was really pointless. This whole conversation that we've been having for close to a year got us absolutely nowhere. We're out here humiliating ourselves, you know, flogging ourselves, talking shit about ourselves for what? It accomplished absolutely nothing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, just we're going to have if we're going to have hope for black women, we need to focus on what we need to do. And it has to stop being on these superficial things, you know, your height and your dress size. You need to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? You can't help how 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 tall you are, but you can control your weight. Do that. You can control how many kids you have, whether it be in wedlock or out of wedlock. If you can't afford them, you shouldn't have them. Making sure you choose good fathers for your children to the best of your ability. These are all things that we need to focus on instead of focusing on who's marrying who, who has a high value man, who you're having sex with, stuff like that. It's like we we're focusing on superficial dumb things and we spent close to a year and we got absolutely nowhere. And honestly, since YouTube started, we've really gotten nowhere because we keep having the same recycled conversations with different talking points and it gets us nowhere. So just put focusing on it, whether or not we go extinct, whether or not whatever, 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 it's always going to be something that's wrong. Just focus personally on yourself. Do the best that you can and don't get caught up in other people's machinations because you can't help how they feel. Just like the person who's talking about we're going to go instinct, he's dealing with things that have nothing to do with us personally. That's between him and his parents. And we're all dealing with those kind of traumas. We all tend to have parents because I guess, you know, they're human and they, well, a lot of them didn't do the best they could, but they did what they did. And so now we just have to just deal with it and just move on. And hopefully we can break the generational cycle we have going on and just move from there. But this whole conversation we keep having, honestly, we're getting absolutely nowhere. And we just have to do better. That's all I have to say. Well, Mr. J, thank you so much for coming through. It's been a minute. Um, you know, it's always um, some great stuff when you come up because we feel like you really, really do keep it real. And a lot of the stuff that you say, um, I actually see in my real life. And I think you make you also bring really, really good points. So thank you so much for coming through. Um, thank you, when is the channel coming? Because we, we're looking for you. Um, I'm still caught up in this Medicare thing. Gotcha. So. You know, gotcha. so it, it goes to the end of March, but hopefully after that I can do it. Okay. Yes, well, you do. know, we'll you already got a, a built-in fan club, honey. Um, so we're ready. Um, shout out to the emancipated negress. She said, Great discussion. LOL. I wonder why dude bounced <laughs> and bounced he did, honey. He was running like Paco was the uh goddamn long shark. Honey, I ain't know what was going you, you on. You know you better run from me. <laughs> um, next, we're going to have Obsidian. Obsidian, what are your final thoughts on the show? Yeah, what are your final thoughts? Well, all right. So we've been sitting here for the past uh, two plus hours or three hours now. And there's very been very little discussion on the actual 
question on the floor. My understanding of these, these um, what we do in black on black YouTube and, and, and wider social media, where we drop the link, quote unquote, and get together and have these discussions, especially when we have invited guests. And I do respect our invited guests as such. These are de facto, de facto plenary breakout sections. And the protocol for a plenary is that you have a question on the floor. The invited speakers, the guests, get their chance to kind of set the tone, so to speak, in addressing the question on the floor. And then the other panelists are brought on because the proposition is that in some kind of way, they can shed light on the question on the floor. I have endeavored in my time in being here as a panelist to ad directly address the question on the floor and to give some, shed some light and give additional context insofar as that question on the floor is concerned. And though there has been a lot of conversation and though some of that conversation is interesting, I have to say with all due respect that there's very little that is directly bearing on the question on the floor. Is there hope for black women read with regard to black love, black relationships? I answer a third time. Yes. That being said, however, that hope is contingent upon black women taking a long, hard look in the mirror, both metaphorically and literally with regard to the type and kind of black men they have indicated they wanted. And I base that on the basis of now eight months of market research. If what Mr. Kevin Samuels has done would be translated into a marketing context, into a demographic context, it would be considered reputable market research. Why? Because he is utilizing the tools of social media that black women themselves have endorsed. And night in and night out, engaged in discussion after discussion after discussion in real time with black women about what they have indicated they wanted. And it's pretty clear. It seems to me, if this conversation is anything to go by, that now all of a sudden black women don't want it because now black men, and let's be clear, Kevin represents that type of black man, is telling black women, okay, you can get it, but this is what you got to do to get it. Now, all of a sudden, they don't want it. Now, all of a sudden, it's a question of, well, we can't rely on that data. Now, it's a question of, well, who said that black women wanted that? Even though we got eight months, this man is pulling in 15,000 people a night live. I was watching him on Instagram live the other night. He had over 10,000 people live, black women trying to get in. But now all of a sudden we can't use that data no more. Now all of a sudden don't mean nothing. I mean, it seems to me we got to move the conversation forward.
Either black women want this or they I'm cool either way. I'm good either way. I'm listening to what black women are saying. If if we cannot listen to what black women are saying, if we can't use that as a sample size of 20 million black women, Ms. J, if that's not legitimate, fine. What is legitimate? If you want to tell me that Oprah Winfrey is a better representation, I'll, I will accept that. I only have one question. Do you have your statement? She got his. She got hers. Do you have yours? I mean, at what point are we going to move the conversation forward here? I'm saying there is hope for black women. Kevin wouldn't be doing what he's doing if he didn't think there was hope for black women. There are non-black. I know for a fact there are non-black women at the gate on his on his uh, exclusive uh, Facebook group, The Mix. And that was before he blew up. And he's keeping them back because he actually does believe in black love. He believes in black love so much he married two black women. They failed, but he did do it. What is it going to take at this point, man? We need to move the conversation forward. Is there hope for black women? Yes. But in order to get the black men they have indicated they want, I didn't make it up. I didn't tell black women what they want. They're saying it. If they want that type of black man, those brothers have standards. Like it or not, make of it what you will, they do. You either want it or you don't. I'm done. Thank you, Obsidian. Um, I can't even disagree with you. You you said a lot. I'm going to wait to respond to I get to my closing comments, but I can't disagree with you. I do want to say that um, I think that having the conversation that we had before we opened up the panel uh, was an attempt to move the needle forward. Having our two special guests and talking about, you know, um, the misnomers and, you know, um, it, within the conversation, being able to identify and or highlight um, uh, solutions. I think that that's a start as opposed to just rehashing um, the the misnomers that we hear in this space. But thank you for joining us. Um, you know, you're always welcome anytime and you always come with some <laughs> interesting points and we appreciate you for it i'm not sure what i said um that you you called me on when you first came on but i'm sure we'll have an opportunity to discuss it and i'm i'm, I'm pretty positive that it was in reference to something that you said because i always give you your flowers um nonetheless thank you thank you for joining us so we will start with Paco, um, thank you. Thank you. First, we want to extend our heartfelt thanks to you for joining us. And we'd like to know um, what your final comments are on the topic. Um, you kept it spicy up here. So yes. I, I want to know what you have to say in closing. First of all, ladies, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to be a guest. Um, you know, it's a privilege. I don't take it for granted. I really appreciate it. And for nothing more, it's helping me in my research for my book, because like I said, the people who write books on relationships, PhDs and and like coach, they are relationship counselors. The average person doesn't really get to give their input. So if you read a book about somebody, if you've read uh, like I have, if you've read uh, Men Are From Mars or if you've read The Five Love Languages or if you've read 
um, any of the authors that, that they don't get you, you as an individual don't get to share your input with that author. And so you ladies give me opportunity to be live and to speak and to chat with, with real people who have different opinions, very valuable to me. In closing, I'd like to say that, that, you know, of course there's hope for black women and, <laughs> and we can look at so many successful black women, uh, for some reason, I get the, the 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 feeling as a community, African Americans don't like to point out the fact that they're leading the world in what's popular and what's in entertainment. And I think that more people should take pride in that. If you're African American, or if you're in you know music and arts, and and you're a successful athlete and so on, there's nothing to be looked down upon. You know, I always tell people, would you rather be the doctor who works for the athlete or the athlete who pays the doctor? So I think African-Americans should be proud of the fact that they lead the whole entire world in fashion and entertainment. And we have so many tens of thousands of examples of successful black women out there who are amazing at their profession. Some are married, some aren't. But why would we have any less hope? I think the only way you could you could suggest that there's 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 a lack of hope or there's no hope for black women is if you say that black women have to be this one thing. They have to be, you know, submissive, married to a man. I reject that one billion percent. First of all, you don't have to be submissive. If, if you choose to be, if that's your personality, if that's what's comfortable for you, there'll be men who prefer you submissive. I personally don't prefer a submissive woman. And so there are other men like myself who don't want that. If you're, if you, you know, if you are a, a Rihanna, I don't think submissive works for you or your career. And so many, many, many of the the singers out there, also the athletes, you got to have some kind of ego, some kind of something about yourself to be at the top of the game. And so I want to be the one to encourage black women to, to be your best and to not marginalize and minimize yourself. I don't think that the most important thing a, a woman can do is procreate. <clears throat> Once again, I don't come from, a, I'm not looking at this from a religious perspective. And so I don't see the need to make that a primary goal. The primary goal is to choose a profession that, that you want to be judged by and to be your absolute best. And along the way, you will have relationships because like uh, Coach said earlier, everyone is interdependent. Even if you didn't, uh, even if you even if you have a home, you didn't build a whole home from scratch. You know, all the parts and the pieces, especially if they're industrial pieces, if they're manufactured, they came from people working in the factory that you've never seen and, and never met. But they contributed to the home that you're in. So we're into we're interdependent. And so you're going to make lots of relationships and you don't, it doesn't have to be that your romantic relationship is what you're judged by. I don't think that's the best way to be judged. As, as happy as I am that I'm married, I'm in a happy marriage. I don't know if I want to be judged as just a husband. And I don't even think you have to be judged by one thing. So the hope for black women is you get to choose. And, and that's not that's inarguable, as we would say. You get to choose what you're judged by and you get to choose if you're going to be the best or one of the best or in the top. And no one can take that hope away from you. I like to say, especially to my daughters, because my wife and I have two daughters together. And I like to tell them that, you know, 
be independent and be someone that you could be proud of because you have to be proud of yourself and respect yourself before you can go out there and make relationships of any kind, business, uh, friendships, romantic, anything. So you can have hope for yourself. And I hope every single woman, every single person has hope for themselves and and stop falling for these stereotypes. Stop falling for these men who are like, hey, you got to be this, you got to be that. That's their opinion. And if you don't fit that, keep it moving because there's another guy who who will find you to be appropriate. And, and, and obviously there's there's basic levels of appropriateness that we all need to strive for, but it doesn't stop there. So we should all keep moving forward. We should all keep being our best and trying to be better and trying to be better and pro- trying to be better. There's absolutely hope for, for, for black women. There's hope for all women. There's hope for all people. And if you don't agree, that's fine. I mean, you could be hopeless. I, I choose to be hopeful. And 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 I and what I what I'm uh, annoyed by is is that the way that people in this space criticize black women and suggest that they shouldn't have hope that the 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 their hopelessness should not reflect on another person. You can't. All of us, none of us can allow hopelessness of others to reflect on us as African Americans, as people of African descent. You know, white America has has been trying to do this to us. The propaganda that, hey, black people aren't good, black people aren't this, black people aren't that. We should have learned already. We have been doing the civil rights struggle for 100 years. We should have learned already to block out other people's negativity, to block out other people's standards and and, and to, to block out other people's judgment, unfair judgment of us that they created. White America created all these propaganda stories about how black people don't achieve this, that, and the third. Well, if you're a person who's doing well, you can't let their negativity, their obvious propaganda and hate against you stop you from being proud and happy with yourself. That goes also in relationships. Black women, if you're a good black woman doing your thing, you have goals for yourself. You can't let people who have failed relationships and a lot of people who are criticizing black women have their own failed relationships. You can't let them dictate to you or 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 convince you to be less happy with yourself, to be unhappy at all. Their failure in life is their own failure. That's why Daku ran from me, because his whole story was, I'm a failure. My mom, I was too big for her. I didn't listen to her. I failed. I failed. I failed. And my daddy wasn't there for me. Black women, that ain't got nothing to do with you. Nor should it. And I'm sorry, Obsidian left because he's over here. Well, you know, if, if, if I heard black women want this for eight months, black women have been around for 200,000 years. What is his eight months of fake market information have to do with what black women want? Kevin Samuels is not an example of, of, of research. Kevin Samuels is like any um, conspiracy theorist or if you want to say not conspiracy theorist, but just a, a TV personality. There is no scientific research that supports his opinion. That's his opinion. He's he's successful doing that and more power to him. But that's not how we go about trying to actually solve problems. People who solve problems don't operate that way. That, that would be like us quoting Howard Stern for relationships. That's not how it works. So thank you again for having me on. I hope everyone has internal hope and internal fortitude and not let haters block them from being successful. Because if you're in the United States of America, you can you know, achieve anything you want. One of the few places in the world where you can and no one should should knock you off of that pedestal. You can't let people knock you down. You got to keep pushing forward. Thankfully, I have a wife who helps me keep moving forward. And I thank you, ladies, for also contributing to my success. Um, Paco, you're always a welcome guest. I thank you so much for um, coming to speak and um, 
to even have this dialogue with us. This is an excellent, excellent, excellent show um, that you guys participated in. So I just really, really wanted to express our sincerest thanks um, to you for coming up. Um, you know, you'll have a lot of people in the chat that talk a lot of mess. Um, I think you always handle yourself so well, very articulate, always drive home your points. And, you know, you're welcome to come through anytime. So anytime you want to be a guest, you're always welcome to come through. Um, Coach R. Anthony, what are your final thoughts? Um, thank you so much for coming through and um, having this conversation Definitely. with us. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. And I wanted to thank Paco, too. Please make sure that you come back and visit with us. Um, we really enjoyed having you. Definitely some great commentary. I'm really looking forward to your book and you coming back and being able to introduce that. But in, in, in between time, make sure that you come back and visit us and, and um, dialogue with us as well. Um, definitely also thank you. Thank you to coach R. Anthony for being so willing to join us. I know that this went way over, but I truly appreciate you staying and you engaging and giving us some um, really good gems. Um, for those of you who are on Clubhouse, please look him up because he uh, hosts a Saturday room and it is very, very inspiring. He gives some very, very um, good feedback to like the persons in, in his room that come up with uh, and discuss like these different scenarios and different topics that they're seeking help with. In addition, um, I do think that he has some other services that maybe he'll talk a bit about, but um, thank you coach for joining us. And, and we would love for you to give us your final comments on the topic as well. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. I see what you mean, <laughs> uh, what you meant yesterday, but uh, I, I definitely, uh -huh. yeah, I mean, but you know, I, I love this type of type of stuff because there's so many different perspectives, so many dialogues. But but again, when you boil it down and once this is over, you still got to take a look in the mirror at yourself. You know, we 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 like to laugh and joke and, you know, and, and have serious dialogue and everything. But but realistically, when all this goes away when you have when you have that time to yourself and you look back over your life you look at the successes and the failures you have to be realistic with yourself because it's easy to come up on here and go to other places and be somebody else but you can't run from yourself from your true self so i just wanted to say that first but uh to miss j uh to her question again like there's going to always be a new trend. There's going to always be something new to be hopeful for and to look for and to want. There's always going to be new shoes, new purse, new type of man, high value. You know, at one point it was they wanted dudes, men like Lil Wayne with dreads and now, you know, beards and low haircut. Uh, it's always going to be something It's always going to be, you know, something that people want to have. But again, like well, well, what happens when you get the high value, man? Now they're going to be dudes with muscles, you know? So now you want a guy with muscles. You got a high value, man. Now you want a guy with, with big muscles and, you know, he bow-legged now. The bow-legged no came back in. So it's like, man, what do you want? Again, you know, because we all we want all these exterior things to prove and validate something that we believe. Either it's something that we did not get or something that we don't believe we could ever have. And so 
when you start looking at that, you you really you really and all the things that you want, you neglect what you have. You don't see what you have to offer because you're always looking to try to get something. And each thing that you want, and each thing that you desire has different requirements and you have to understand what it requires. And, that, and that's where the hope part comes in, because if you're desiring so many different things, so many different aspects of, of what a man could be, there's so many variations of, of who we are. And nine times out of 10, if you're a man, all you got to do is just wait for your turn to come up like back in the day when, when usher was popping that's when like i had my, my shot when the little wayne's was popping that's when the dudes with the it's, it's so again when i got to that point to where i was like you know what who cares what a woman wants what do i want as a man because that's gonna be a, that's that's a that game is so it, it, it's it's just so many layers to it but again who cares what do i want because until i know what i want and i need to find what i'm looking for you know until i get that then nothing else truly actually matters because there's going to always be something new uh to to go after again and i always i'm thinking about it like from the time little girls uh were were you know developing from the time you were a little girl to you know it was always like the prince charmer so that was something to, to aspire to then it was like the teen sensations that was something to uh, to aspire to then it's like okay now you should be looking for a husband well what is what is a husband or you should be looking for a good man what is a good man until you define these things for you and how it's supposed to look going forward then none of this none of this uh is there any hope for black women is going to matter because until you define as the individual woman what is important to you and why it's important to you and what does it take to get it then you will you will only have hope that will be the only thing that you have but you need reality and you need to know yourself because without knowing yourself you're going to always cling to the hope and the hope is not the best foundation to build confidence off of so um yeah, I mean, I, but we do, you know, we do see we do a lot of uh, I, I'm in Clubhouse a lot, you know, just having conversations, having different dialogues. Again, this stuff is so interesting to me. Uh, but again, like going through the process myself and creating an amazing relationship with my wife, having a beautiful marriage, you know, you really get to get a chance to see like what really works and what doesn't work. And I'm telling you all the the stuff that the stuff that people bring into into your reality are is a representation if you accept it of what's going on within yourself so you definitely have to always check yourself regardless of what people are saying on facebook or instagram or even youtube who cares at the end of the day if you don't look yourself in the mirror and know yourself and start challenging the things that you say you want you will always find yourself on constant repeat attracting the same things over and over again trying to figure out why why it won't change that to me is insanity so uh you can find you can find me on uh clubhouse at coach r anthony uh you can find me on instagram at uh relationships and chill uh, also my wife and i we do wifed up academy which again a lot of our material is is on wifedupacademy.com so we we do a lot of a lot of stuff but mainly our thing is coaching like we, we like to work directly with people because a lot of this stuff once i once i sit them down we have these conversations and start picking apart all the things that they've used the independence being strong uh wanting this wanting that once we pick all that stuff apart and really get down to the bare bones of who they are that's when you start to know that they really don't even know who they are. So they want all these things to validate or to at least create some validation within themselves to be something that they don't even believe they are. So it's, it's the very thing that ends up being the the crush, uh, the crutch that people stand on. And, and that those are not good crutches, because, again, there's always going to be a new trend coming right 
in, in the next 15 minutes that you want to crutch use as a crutch also so yeah we have a lot of a lot of different things but uh uh yeah i definitely appreciate you for having me on this platform uh it's been it's been great it's been my pleasure thank you coach uh again um i really 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 appreciate you uh joining us taking time out of your day um yeah may, I, I i do hope that we didn't scare you off and that you'll stop right. by in the future and you know come come by and chop it up with us but um again we just want to say thank you thank you to both you and paco for joining us and being our special guests Yes, absolutely. Um, this is really, really, really good dialogue. Um, I'm actually proud of our panel today because they didn't show their natural black asses over here today like they normally do. So thank you. To, thank you, y'all, because y'all know how y'all get down. Um, but to our special guests, really appreciate you guys coming through. Um, Coach and Paco, we are definitely looking forward to seeing you guys come back through here again because this was dope. Um, really, really grateful for you guys, though. Thank you. No, I'm not scared away. <laughs> not at all. Like I, I've dealt with some some real live lions out out there, and uh, you know this this is cool. This is cool. Okay, okay. I, I like it. I can't wait to come back. I, I'm always looking forward to the invitation, and and I hope you guys tell Obsidian since he's a regular that you know last time he invited me on his show and then he ducked me too. So. Uh, got a lot of people here who talk big on your show and then they, they don't talk that big afterwards. So I'm hoping that. Um, well, he's actually still in the back. Um, we, uh, you know, when people uh, have their comments, I try to drop them down so uh, people don't re-engage each other because it'll keep the show. Like this show has almost been four hours. I thought we was going to be done in three. But it's all good because this, this was still great dialogue. So, yeah. But and, and the invitation is definitely open. So whenever you guys want to come through, it's it's an open invitation. Okay, thank you, thank you for thank you for that open invitation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Have a good Sunday. Have a good night. Have a good Same week. Thank you both. Thank you. And Paco Obsidian did ask, "Will you be coming on his show tonight?" Um, Obsidian, please drop your link. Um, so Paco can see where you are. He can email me. He can email me. We swapped emails. We he, he answered my email and then he got me. But okay, okay. Well, there you have it. Concrete closes out, honey. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm multitasking. So um, yes, again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our guests. Thank you for those who joined the panel and you know came up and engaged in the discussion. Some very interesting dialogue took place, and I'm not mad at it at all. <laughs> Definitely was on here way longer than I wanted to be. I know you know um, it, I, I certainly didn't anticipate being on here for four hours, but it was a lively, interesting discussion through, throughout the entire four hours. So um, thank you to everybody in the chat and all the craziness and <laughs> everything that was going on down there. Thank you to um, those who super chatted us. And yeah, this was a dope show. Dang, this, this has my spirits a bit high. I, I'm high energy right now. Um, that's all I got. Um, shout out to everybody who came through. Thank you so much for all the uh, cash apps. And thank you so much for the super chats. And we got one more from Jack Spade. Jack Spade says, wait a minute. Concrete didn't in her, didn't issue her famous. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. 
this podcast what the hell not today <laughs> thank you so much jack spade um everybody have a great start to your week wear your damn mask um be careful um thank you to everybody who came through uh with the super chats and thank you to the chat we're out